Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redoctopus Cephalid Podcast. On this episode, we'll be talking about hair metal. You know, all the, the aqua net that you can buy and get your hair all nice and poofy and whatnot. I, I, I love hairspray. I'm a big fan of hair. I, I use as much I mean, as I possibly can I know. as a bald guy. I, I know. I mean, you got to keep your skin like nice and, you know. Yes. It's ta- you know. Tacky. I yes. go for tacky. Right, right, right. Um, so with me, I have Parasite Steve. Hello. And we have a very special guest who is in the band, He Said, She Said, Adam Letourneau. What's up? I, too, as a balding person, used lots and lots of Aquanet. Yes. There you go. There you go. Uh, let us know how how comfy it is in uh, in the brig. Yes, this we, is uh, we the put a couple brig episode. Yes, we yes. we we put a couple extra pillows in there for uh, for last time. We had Cat Scully in, and I don't know. I think she left some. They might they might smell like uh, uh, blood. I think I think I don't know what she did in there, but That's I don't know. I've got, I hope you're comfortable. I've got nose plugs with me. It's very comfortable. It's nice. Very nice. <laughs> nice. I came. I came prepared, man. I'm not coming to a place with a uh, called the brig. Any, you know, kind of survivalist gear. Though I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure nose plugs qualify as uh, survivalist gear. No, it's it's comfort, though. Yeah, I mean, no, it enhances right. your comfort. as long as you're comfortable. It's all that matters. Yeah. So all thanks right. for coming on, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you guys so for having me. This is, again, um, I know I mentioned this to uh, Nintendo today, but uh, this is really, really, really cool to be here, and I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to chat and uh, hang with me. This is well, really cool. Thank for you for you know being a fan since the very beginning. Yeah, you've been one of our most staunchest supporters. In fact, you sent us one of two, only two voicemails. I mean, not voicemails. <laughs> Uh, emails, e- emails, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, that we I, you know, I re- I remember sending that email and thinking to myself, a, I wanted to comment on. I remember I commented on the uh, audio production of the show, which is outstanding, and I still uh, to this much. day hold to that. Thank uh, and B, I definitely, as I sent it, I I questioned to myself, like, I wonder if I am going to be the first. Like they mentioned that they haven't gotten an email yet. <laughs> genuinely wonder if this is going to be the first email and, uh, i don't know if it actually was the first but it, it was two. it All was right. yeah yeah oh, um nice. yeah nice. Uh, we only had one other- well it's so funny because we so rarely even bother to check now we always <laughs> mention yeah, we, we always mention, mention it every check. week and today i i was like hi i should go check to see if anything's anything's uh-huh. there and i logged in and we all like have uh, joint access to the account and uh instantly boss rush mode hops on the the chat and he's like did somebody just log in i just got a notification <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah that just happened today right <laughs> yeah yeah i was actually i was having a text discussion with a friend of mine the other day and then um he decided to send because we were having this kind of longer discussion he ended up sending me an email and then today this was a week ago and today he's like did you ever check my did you ever read that email get back to me and then i was like shit that is something (laughs) just checking personal email is just something i don't do (laughs) not with like any kind of regularity anymore i feel like everybody's communicating via text or whatever and it's just uh absolutely i kind of i they tend to if i don't get to them right away they just get lost in in the uh in the ether so right yeah especially like when you're waiting for something and you you kind of even forget about that and then no. you're like, damn, I never heard back from whoever. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Technically, I have like a thousand unread emails. I don't know. Maybe I did. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that is uh, that is definitely uh, my. I believe my inbox is currently at twenty five thousand, uh, and they oh they are red. God. I just don't delete them. And I'm, saying, I'm the same way. I don't delete them because you never I, know. I read you a couple of them, but yeah, the other day, um, yeah, the other day I celebrated. My brother sent me sent me and my wife and my sister in law this really awesome email before we went on our Vegas trip um, in two thousand and eleven. And I still had the email and I just sent it to him. And I was like, hey guys, look, it's the nine year anniversary of this email that you sent before we went to Vegas. <laughs> and my brother was like, what the hell are you still doing with that? <laughs> Amazing. Because I delete way, nothing. The, the only way I can ever get through, like if there's a big backlog, this is like terrible podcasting, I'm sure. Like nobody cares about this crap. But you know what? Everybody can relate to this, I'm sure. So whatever. But like there is, my method is instead of like going day by day or date received, it's like forget it. It'll never happen. It's too daunting. I do like, I'll just search. So if I find like a bunch of MSN emails or something, mm. I'll be like, oh, I'll just search MSN. And it's like, oh yeah, delete all those. It's like, oh, that was like 72 emails. Like, oh, yep, fuck that. Get out of there. <laughs> and then you go like, oh, I one time I bought something from this one web store and I don't give a shit about them anymore. Uh, search for them. Oh, it's another 36. Like, okay, get rid of them. Right. That's the only way I can get through it. I actually did a big purge uh earlier in the year and I got, I got rid of, uh, about, about 1500 emails and now I'm back up to uh, about 1200. So I don't know. Well, I guess I got to do it again. I mean, <laughs> if you like multiply that by 25, you'll be up at my level. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> you are. He's got his calculator out. <laughs> yes, I do. I, I, yes, I actually plug that in, plug yes. the numbers in because of mathematics. Yes. Because math. <laughs> yes. All, All right, right. So, so the topic at hand, take it away, Joe. Yeah, so let's uh, mention uh, your, your band, He Said, She Said. What's yeah. all about? Yeah. yeah, we have never gotten to see you guys, and we, yes. we'd love to. No, we, we've been, we, Steve and I have been talking about it. Like, we really need to see these guys. <laughs> no, Adam's been such a huge supporter of the show. We have to go and, and watch we, him play. And, and we, we were going anyway. to this time, and then this fucking COVID thing happened, <laughs> and everything <Yeah>. got canceled. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. So yeah, I know. I it, it's funny because we had we just um, oh man we just counted them up and I think we are currently up to uh, it's either I hope I'm counting right but it's either 34 or 35 uh, canceled shows because of Jeez. COVID at this point wow. that we've Ugh. lost. So um, and uh, we've you know we're we're ho hopeful for some of the ones that we have on the schedule, but you know, right now anything inside is just not really happening. So, right, right. right. You know, but, um, yeah, man, we, we've been playing since 2013 and, um, you wow. know, we've, uh, we've been, yeah, it's just been a, a work in progress for a long time. When I think about like what I was doing in 2013 and <laughs> that just, it was a really long time ago. And it is starting with the fact that I was 34 and that also seems like a long time ago. <laughs> and yes, by the, once again, maths, that makes me 41 right now. But oh, um, I turned 41 on <laughs> the morrow. Oh, yeah, that's well, right. happy early birthday. Oh, thank so, you. But, um, and I'll be 43. <laughs> <laughs> But um, you know, we you know, we kinda just started off with the two of the guys that were in Copper Jack uh, that were um were in a previous band, Copper Jack, that I actually played bass in. I had a small stint as a bass player, which was mm. not very good. But um You're but, like oh, rhythm. Yeah. Well the yeah, the rhythm part I had, it's just more of the moving 
fingers around a threat uh, around Board, a fretboard yeah. and doing things like that. Uh, was, and you started to really, really appreciate people like Les Claypool yeah. and Flea, and you're like, wow, yes. They're even better than I. And then I and then I kept looking at the you know looking over at the drums and be like I want to go there I want to go to there and I want to go to there. I, I want to be I want to be I don't sitting. want to be seen by anyone I, want, I would like to, I would like to sit and not and not dance around um, ultimate old man instrument isn't it Yep <laughs> like I just want to have a sit it, you know I thought that but then you know once once we got he said she said going and we started <clears> playing three hour shows and you know wow. we would play like 50 songs and everything like that and i would wake up the next morning and be like why do my ankles hurt why do my <laughs> arms hurt why does everything hurt and how i was like you, how do you even know 50 songs i don't even understand it my god i you i don't know i you know i should i should probably have a way better answer for that but i just don't i just you know you put them on a playlist and a lot of them you've heard before i mean they're all you know we're a we're a band that plays songs that you know people want to hear people can recognize and i think that you know that's um and that's different from basically anything I've done up until this point. You know, I, when I was, you know, out of, right out of high school, I was playing in original bands and, mm-hmm. um, you know, playing kind of different styles of music. I was in a, you know, I was in a metal band for 16 years. Um, wow. Part of wow. Yeah. I mean, I, Ballaset was the band um, that uh, I was in, you know, and we released a full length album. We released an EP and, and everything like that. But, mm-hmm. Um, so it hasn't been mentioned, but, um, the three of us actually went to school together forever. Yes. So like, not just high school, <laughs> for like forever. it's like, it's easy to say like, oh, we went to high school together. It's like, yeah, we went through elementary school together through high school. So who else was in this band? Uh, Ballaset? Yeah. Uh, because I was- completely remember that name. That was um, that was after when I got to college. So it was nobody from our high school days. It was oh. actually more from um, it was more when I was in college. I ended up uh, my buddy Greg Massey, uh, a brilliant guitar player. Um, he had a senior recital because he was a he was a music minor, and he did you know when you do that you have to do like the whole put on a whole show that showcases your talents. And he had me play um, in the you know play. Um, drums for him and um, after that he was just like I really want you to you know come in and and do this project with me and do um, this thing that I'm trying to start up on my own and we ended up like I said we ended up playing together for 16 years and it was really it was so cool and um, it was you know but it was different it was like we would play you guys know I mean like you go to a metal show especially if you go to like a metal Thursday at Ralph Steiner or anything like that you're watching a band for maybe a 45 minute set yeah maybe an hour you know what I yeah. mean? Our mm-hmm. sets never went beyond, you know, 40, 45 minutes. And they were really energetic, obviously. I mean, it was, you know, it was metal. It was taxing and whatnot. But, you know, I would never get home and be like, you know, and wake up the next day and be like, oh, my God, I, my everything. Why? Why is it? What, where does all this pain come from? I was trapped by a stampede <laughs> yeah. at some point during the but, night. I don't yeah. know, I guess. But and and that's even you know at Ralph's lugging lugging your crap up and down the stairs like yeah. I mean you know yeah. but still and also just being in Ralph's yeah <laughs> oh my god like like having a merch booth it's like you're in a freaking corner yeah. like there's, there's like no room 
at all. No. <laughs> the place is so small. Yeah, they, I still love it. I love it there, though. I love. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. My, you know, this is getting off topic. But my parents came to a gig there, and they had that oh, big nice. red, they had that big red neon sign on the bar that said "Time to Fuck." And my mom oh, was, oh. my mom was sitting at the bar, across from it. She's like, and it is not. She, not she, and um, she tapped me on the shoulder and she goes, Addie, I think that sign would look beautiful on Christmas Eve on our mantle. What do you think? <laughs> amazing. I was like, oh my God. Oh, that's amazing. Sure, mom. I guess it does. But, um, <laughs> but I, yeah. was, I was expecting to hear you saying that she was pulling on your ear saying, you are not playing here. You're coming home right this second. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. She, she was like, she was such a good sport about it. She came and she was all dressed up, which I didn't get. I remember going home to get my gear, seeing her like ironing a nice outfit. And I was like, is that for work? This week, uh, please tell me because, you're doing something fancy after my because show. the the band T-shirt and a pair of jeans is really what you should be aiming for tonight <laughs> for the outfit. But oh man, she was all dressed up. My dad was too, and like, and you know, and they were just she was just sitting there having a drink. And then after we were on, this other band came up. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them. They were really good. Um, their name is Hung, and they had like a um, you know. But really aggressive, like um, they had a violin player, but very aggressive vocals, like really oh, neat. heavy scream vocals. And my mom was sitting there looking at it, and then she taps me again on the shoulder, and she's like, Eddie, I'm really starting to like this music. <laughs> and I looked like, at her. I really uh, liked that and I, cunt band. And, and I looked at her, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I said to her, I'm like, really? And she just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! That's so uh, he sh- he said she said was definitely exciting for her because yeah. she'd come to a show and be like, "Oh, I know these songs. It'd be great." She'd right. get out and dance and everything. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really it, it, again. It was just such a you know such a different thing to be you know on stage for that long, playing for that long, and really you know working that hard in the night and and playing tunes that again, like people are getting out and dancing to, I mean, it's one thing to have people, you know, raging to your songs in like a metal show, which is awesome. Um, and then it's kind of the same, but kind of different when people get up and start like dancing, um, and really getting energetic with, you know, the music that you're playing in, in a situation like what, what yeah. he said, she said. Yeah. So, so tell us about some of the stuff, like what sort of music would people get to hear? Cause I know you guys play uh, a wide variety of stuff. Yeah. I, we, you know, again, I, it, we try to, I think the on outset of the band, it was kind of like, let's, you know, let's bring some tunes in that we're all comfortable with that we, that we dig, but we know that people would want to hear Like I, you know, when I was younger, I was a, and I shouldn't say when I was younger, I still am. Like I was a fan of bands like Journey and, and eighties hair bands and things sure. like that. So I would be like, all right, let's play any way you want it. Let's play, you know, um, mm-hmm. Talk Dirty to Me. Uh, let's play like some of these songs. And we ended up working those in. And, and, you know, as we've evolved as a band, it's like the set list has changed. Yeah, you, you know, we've delved into songs that are more crowd pleasers, songs that I don't would, you know, I, I don't necessarily ever want to listen to, like ever, like Love Shack, but we play it because people <laughs> dig it. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, then you kind of squeeze in those like kind of those 
you know, heavier rockers or, you know, um, you squeeze in like the ACDC songs or you squeeze in a little bit more, you know, from like, um, from like the eighties, even like some alternative songs like from the nineties. And it's really all dependent upon the venue. I mean, we had a, uh, we had a show a little bit more of a rock vibe, you know, it was just like we could get away with playing a little bit more heavier stuff. We played No Excuses by Alice in Chains. I mean, that song has such a cool drum part. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know. <clears throat> I mean, Alice in Chains is a great drum band. Right. I mean, and I was yeah, never, sure. as much as I never like appreciated, you know, there were a lot of bands that I kind of missed on the first go around and then learned about them later. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, and they were one of them, but playing that song like live and having people really get into it, it was, that was awesome you know and yeah it, it was, it's fun because we have a lot of we have a lot of talent in the band and i know a lot of people you know a lot of people will say this about the band but and in our case it's it is 100 true we get along like it's really it, like this iteration of the band has been together for you know now two years um and I mean, I've been in, you know, um, the lead guitarist, Ray, uh, my friends, Mike and Dave, rhythm guitar and vocals, respectively. And then me, we've, we've been in it since 2013. The only positions that have rotated have been the female lead singer um, and the, the bass player. Um, wow. we, we, the bass player was, uh, we've had five bass players. But this, the one we have now, this is, yeah. What the hell is with the bass players now? I don't know, man. You know, they're just lazy. I, I, they're you know, we've got we got six we got six slots in the band. They can't all be winners. I don't know. No, we've had some we've had some great talent in the band. Like we, you know, had people come in, and it just for whatever reason things just sometimes, you know, didn't work out. But now, um, you know, we got a um, guy Phil Connors who's playing bass, and he's he's amazing. I mean, he's awesome. been you know he's been in the. He's been a musician for a long time. He's, you know, really, you know, he came in and not only is he a great player, but he also has a lot of great insight into just kind of the direction of the band. And, and that's the good thing is that you get people in. And the the nice part about this band is that we, we listen to each other and we, you know, we all kind of, you know, offer our own constructive criticisms because and we all know that it's driving the band forward. And that's yeah. kind of the attitude that you have to have is that, yeah. you know, those disagreements that do will can will and do happen oh, yeah. um, are all in the interest of moving the band in a better direction, in a more positive direction. I mean, you know, I don't think that anybody is in there thinking, you know, I want to do this because I want to be in the limelight or I want to be the showstopper, you know? I right. Mean, yeah, yeah. If it was, then I'd still be pushing, Hey guys, when are we going to play YYZ? Like, let's go. <laughs> it's pronounced YYZ dude. <laughs> Christ. I know. Um, well, at least I know how to, at least I know how to uh, pronounce uh, Neil's last name. It is here to not pert. So. Oh, oh. I might've gotten that one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean that, that's definitely, you know, you know, so now again, and that's really where getting back to the question here, which again, long winded answer, but um, that's how the musical direction just continues to get, you know, kind of shaped and reshaped. And now we, you know, we're playing, trying to integrate some more current stuff and which is really difficult because current stuff does not have, you know, if you really want to reproduce some of the current music out there, you need three synthesizers and four laptops. Um, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, not- let's be real. Kanye, who is, by the way, a genius, he told us, uh, he 
told us himself. Um, he says that like music with guitars sucks. So you, you can you can accomplish everything you possibly need like with a bunch of synthesizers and you yeah. know auto tuning. You don't need guitars. Guitars suck. So I mean, my, he uh, must know. That's what he says. Yeah, my uh, my friend Mike in the band has been threatening to replace me with a drum machine, and I have no response to it. I'm like. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> it'll be less setup for you. It'll you know be one less per- personality you know, the in the band. Thing, the, funny thing is, the funny thing is that is actually a thing, especially in the the metal community. Like like a lot of bands, the reason why like a lot of them sound the same is because the actual drummers are replaced by samples. Yeah. I, I but I mean I, like like drum machines and you know like drumming programmings and all that right. stuff. Like well, what, why even yeah. bother having a drummer then? <laughs> but it's like it's you know i think for i think in some ways though it's like as much as i'm a drummer and i you know when i hear that i like bristle a little bit but at the same token it's like i get it recording drums you know steve you and i me and you had a discussion about this a long time ago recording drums is really difficult yes i mean to do yes. it to do it and you know in your you can record bass guitar in your basement you know what i mean for drums for acoustic drums you need to have like a really good setup you need to have all all the mics all the you know Mm -hmm. mixing utility all the you know pre and post effects and everything like that it is really really difficult i mean yeah yeah. and once you get that it's like it's like a science just to get all the microphones in the right spot Mm -hmm. you could literally spend <clears throat> like Years. days getting it perfect and then once you get it perfect you better not move a friggin' hair right because yeah. if you come back and you try to like oh i'll do some drums here i'll do some drums later no no you do all the drums at once and then you move your shit and then the drums are fucking done and you mm-hmm. live with them if there's an issue because you're not going to really get that same sound um it it's it is it is uh it is its own thing is you know because everything else can just kind of plug into something and you have your settings and it's no big deal it goes everything goes digital everything goes direct in and yep. drums are just the weird thing yeah so yeah. i mean and now the you know now the software and the programming is is so much more intuitive it's so much easier to use that it's like yeah. okay well if we can do like just you know do sampling do pre-recorded drums just put it all together that way i mean i i i get it i mean i think like and again uh, you know especially like again once you know steve you and i talked about this at one point but if you're not playing out then right. why not you know what i mean exactly. like, I, I mean that that's what yeah. we're doing yeah. yeah yeah and i mean and you know you know nothing for you guys like i've listened to the enchanted exile stuff it's awesome and i mean like it's oh, not gonna lose yeah. any you're not losing anything by you know not having a live drummer but i, I mean if you played live then it becomes a lot more difficult obviously yes. <laughs> because yes. it's like yeah. all right we gotta we're gonna turn this on and then wait for the four clicks and then you know i'll stay in time i mean and you look you look weird i mean as a <laughs> as a rock metal band or something like that i think you really should have a uh not that there aren't bands that that yeah. do it and, and are fine with it but I, I don't know. I, th- I think you got to have a live drummer um, for sure. But yeah, yeah. we it, it just suited our, our needs. And we had yeah. drummers in the past um, for sure. But it's just one less person. And it's like, you know, only so much space. And it is really hard yeah. to... Uh, to record and it's also really loud you know <laughs> like right it's like finding that place to practice too yeah, like, yeah. and that, that's that is always a, a tricky thing i mean we, so so what about you what, what do you do you have a space in your house or do you have like practice space that you guys rent how, how do you guys handle that 
So we have a, um, we are very lucky in the sense that we, um, our lead guitar player, Ray, he's, his house in Warwick, um, he's got like a little kind of studio rehearsal space area in his basement. So um, it's kind of a smaller, smaller room, but it works great for us. I mean, and it's been good. And um, coincidentally, Phil, our uh, bass player, is also the CEO of Jam Stage in Pawtucket, which is a rehearsal space complex. And so he, you know, we've rehearsed at his spot before too. And I mean, it, it works out great. We're never at a loss for places to rehearse. Ray has a kit in his basement, so I don't have to keep lugging my kit over there. And same thing at Jam Stage, they have kits there. So it's like, I'm, you know, I'm able to just show up with sticks and my cymbals and go, which is makes life so much more easy. Oh you know? yeah, no um, doubt. Because when, when Ballasit used to practice, we practiced up in Charlestown. A lot of times I had to lug my gear back and forth, and that was just oh awful. My God. Like you're, yeah, you know, you're I can't even imagine. Doing it for a gig is one thing, like it's expected, but doing it for rehearsal is just, you know, that's a, that's a tricky thing. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah that's ridiculous. They spend like all that time just setting up just right and then <laughs> practice for like, you know, I don't know, a couple hours or whatever, and then take it all apart again. It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it always, I have to say, it always amazes me anytime I go see live music. The, uh, the, the drummers, man, they, they just bust it out and then, you know, you know, setting it up, breaking it down. It is like they are on it. You guys have everything down. And uh, it's so amazing to me. I feel like it would take me forever. And I'm, I'm like, it's a daunting thing. Like, obviously, you know, you do something enough times, you get better at it. But it is, it is funny to me how efficient if you know, you have a show and there's like seven or seven or eight bands, which is totally normal. Like, uh, like there are every single one of them has a drummer. And, and so first of all, there's like lines of, you know, instruments and stuff, you know, somewhere on one side somewhere. And then everybody has their shit and they just, Oh, okay, go and done next. I'm, I'm a, I'm a bad drummer too, because I don't, um, I don't like mark off my, I, I see a lot of drummers that like mark off their rugs. Like this is exactly where the crash, you know, cymbal stand goes. This is where the snare stand goes and this is where the pedals go and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't do any of that. I just kind of, you know, I sit down and when I set up, I just, because it's weird every like, you know, every stage is a little bit different every, you know, whether it's just like, it, this floor is a little bit more uneven than the floor that we played at last week or anything like that. So you yeah. can, or, you know, or it's just a size thing where it's like, okay, the stage is small. I got to kind of get a little bit more compact or the stage is big. I can kind of spread out a little bit more. So I do take that like kind of extra five or 10 minutes to just get like the feel of, all right, this is where for this gig, this is where I want everything. And that might be different you know, the next night or the next week when we play at a different space. And now it's going to be a little bit, um, you know, now it's going to be a little bit changed. And now I just integrated the, like a sampling pad into um, my setup, which is kind of completely thrown everything off, but it also is, you know, helping to kind of just expand what I can do a little bit more Mm. um, with, again, some of this newer music, um, definitely like, um, you know, having like just programmed, you know, um, like really electronic, like kind of kick or snare kind of sounds in there to, you know, to kind of go along with some of the more like hip hop. Right. 
songs of the day. So it's, it's, it's fun. I also, um, we play Kiss by Prince and uh, I actually found a sample pack of all of like the sounds specifically from that song, like the line drum snare sound and everything that I worked into the, into the pad and it, it, it's cool. It sounds kind of authentic, which is nice. Wow. Yeah, that is pretty <laughs> nice. cool. Yeah, it's groovy. <clears throat> so of all the new songs you guys have been working on that you were kind of going to unleash on the, uh, the populace had COVID not happened. <laughs> uh, what, what songs are you, uh, if you had to pick like two songs, what, what, what two are you kind of the most bummed about that you were excited to actually play? Well, interestingly, a song that we um, kind of st- started working on and then had to stop working on it um you know once covid happened was you know an older song by thin lizzy the boys are back in town oh sure and um and you know it's it's again it's in response to like i said before different venues different crowds and things like that you know want to hear different styles of music and we you know kind of just got it together like you know we really need a couple more rockers in the set like mm-hmm. old school like good you know good 70s 80s kind of rock yeah. rock tunes that we can really yeah. you know sink our teeth into and that one was really it, it's um it's a trickier kind of feel it's a trickier drum part it was it was in, you know it was very interesting to play um and kind of interesting to kind of have the band come together on it and play it um you know not I mean, not every song is like that, you know, I'm getting back, you know, not to disparage the B-52s, but Love Shack, it's like, okay, maybe I can try this one left-handed tonight and see how that kind of, you know, see if we can up the challenge a little bit, but not, you know, and, and, and honestly, that's a bad idea because I have enough trouble getting through songs right-handed but um <laughs> you gotta you gotta up the difficulty but, uh, you're like well i've already got i've mastered yeah. normal i've yeah, mastered then, normal now i have to do beast mode yeah and then right. i start do, and then i start doing it and i'm like oh this is a terrible idea i'll <laughs> so, go back to normal it's fine but um but that one was really like a, a really cool song to kind of get into and the other one that we actually started we did get to play it um on our recent live stream and at the last couple shows was song that i actually like by the weekend um called blinding lights um and uh that one is a new song that's you know it's been on the radio and everything and um that one i actually found some good like electronic kit sounds that really kind of mirrored the drum beat in the actual song and was really able to use the pad and I spent way more money than I should have getting some peripherals for this drum pad and making it all work and come together that, you know, kind of integrate very seamlessly with a low footprint. Oh man. See, we're all geeks about something though. Yeah. And that is like, that is just awesome to hear. You're like, no, 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 no. It's not authentic enough, honey. I need to buy this (laughs) extra special drum head so I can play this one song. You just don't understand. Yeah, my, my poor wife having a like you know. Wait, you got another pedal? Like, yeah, I did. I did. I'm sorry. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I really, 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 really need it. I really. How do. many songs can you play with this particular pad? <laughs> this, this new pedal. Oh, that's when you just have to. You, you just have to. You know. You're like, oh, all of them. Twenty. I mean, I could use this this pedal for half the set. Probably, I really wanted to, um, but that you know, and that one was good. And then the last one we were really looking forward to is we did a cover of um, "Bad Guy" by Billie Eilish, and oh, sure. uh, but we kind of play it more with a ska feel. Um, oh shit, their names escape me. But there's a band out there right now um, that does a cover of it um, that uh, is really you know really solid, and we kind of drew a little bit more from that. And um, it's fun. It's not really a style that. Um, 
I've played too much in my uh, over my career uh, as a drummer. So uh, it was just funny was, because Scott was like just sort of taken off when we were in high school. There was yep. a lot, I remember a lot of bands in the, in the talent show were starting to sound kind of Scotty. Yeah, right, right. they were, and um, yeah, I feel like I kind of you know I, again that was maybe one that I I kind of grabbed onto a little bit later on. Like I, I came back, I came back to Scott when it first hit, it didn't quite jive with me, but, um, in college, I feel like I, you know, my roommate was a little bit more into it and I listened to like a broader spectrum beyond just the mighty, mighty Boston's. And I, mm-hmm. I did, yeah. you know, I did, um, I did get into it a little bit. Cause I mean, again, it's like, you know, you, you never want to equate one, a musical style with just one band, because right. again, if you don't like, you might not like that band. Um, but the style might still jive with you. You know what I mean? I right, think that's definitely right. what happened. I, I would not call myself the biggest Boston's fan, but I definitely, yeah. I definitely see some elements of ska that I really enjoy. It is funny. That you don't always have a, um, a like a, a band that personifies a genre quite as much as, as the mighty, mighty Boston's yeah. personify ska. It's true. Definitely. But that is, I think, the the go to for a lot of people. But it yeah. did have its day there in the uh, the late nineties, early two thousands for about I don't know three or four years. It was pretty big. I remember being uh, in college uh, the first couple of years of college. I remember like essentially every band. It was like a campus band. They were just like, I mean, like seventy percent of them were ska bands. Like yeah. there were no metal bands where where I went. And uh, like I'm, you know, big metalhead, and so is Joe and stuff. And we're like come from that more and hard rock, whatever. But yeah, that, that was like, uh, Oh, that was inescapable for a few years there. Yeah. The right. band, when I was in, uh, when I was a freshman in college, the band I was in was just, you know, much more rock oriented, you know, our, all of our, you know, our originals and the songs that we did, we were covering like, you know, songs by Van Halen and things like that. And, um, you know, we played a talent show in, we were the only band playing songs by Van Halen and, <laughs> and like, um, I think we played paranoid by black Sabbath and then, nice, you know, our nice. originals were much more rock heavy and, nice, um, nice. and we did all right. <laughs> nice. So what, I, what, I want, I, I want to know, um, uh, who came up with the name of the band? It's a, it's a really good name. It is. It's a, it's it's a very really, catchy it's name. Interesting. It's very, it's very inclusive too. Right. Yeah. It's great. It was, I think it was, I don't remember who, what member of the band came up with it, but we definitely were thinking, all right, we've got to do something to play off of the, the fact that we have a male lead vocalist and a female lead vocalist. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, literally we were like drawing up the set lists and, you know, um, Dave, who would uh, the lead singer, who would put everything into these like really, really detailed and nice spreadsheets, would have like all of his songs in blue and all of his songs in pink. And then I think somebody just said, like you know, you know, said in casual conversation, like somebody brought up, he said, she said, and then that was like, that's the band, that's the name of the band, <laughs> which is, which again is like how. 90% of the bands that I've been in were named, you know, it was just like a weird conversation that we were having and you know, or somebody pulled this like kind of weird thing out of, out of their own, you know, work life or something completely not related to the band. And, you know, they pulled it in. It was like, it, it was very organic and like, Oh, this is going to be the name of the band. And so, nice. yeah. And so 
you know, and again, we, we played upon that with, you know, with the, um, with the logo and everything with the pink and blue and the logo and mm-hmm. um, everything that we've done has kind of been around that, like, you know, that he said, she said kind of, um, kind of, uh, you know, mentality, which, uh, I always thought that, you know, some of us should like form like a sub, you know, a sub band off the, off to the side called like that said, you know, like that said, like, the, <laughs> right, right, right. That's a crap joke, but, <laughs> but I think, but I, and yet we're, and yet we're laughing. It's a, it's a, we're that's a, we're, it's a dad mean, joke. We're, we're a crap audience. We're all about <laughs> dad age. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but, um, you but yeah, I mean, apologize for saying bad jokes on this show. That's all I'm saying. That's good, <laughs> because there, there. I gotta be, I gotta be honest. There will probably be more by the end of this. But um, holding you to it, holding you to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it really, you know, it, it definitely has. It's been a cool, like, you know, I think it's it's cool that it's just not only is it you know a very apropos band name, but it's you know we like we, you know, I remember I thought it was really cool when. Um, when I told the band when my first daughter was being born, was um, about to be born or, or a couple months away. And, um, you know, we found out that it was going to be a girl. I, I texted the band and I said, Hey guys, it's a, it's a, she said, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought that was cool. So that's every time, you know, somebody in the band has had a kid that's, you know, it's been all right. Is it a, he said, or she said, or she said, so yeah, it's just goofy stuff like that. that I think, um, you know, it's kind of, it's, integrated its way into you know just our you know our yeah. just everyday lexicon in the band which is cool well it's, it's really it's really funny because you know you guys have been together for so incredibly long and that's you know that's our experience as well and uh i think that's why we were okay with um doing it for as long as we did we did uh bands it wasn't always enchanted exile there was a there was a previous band um but like all together joe uh, Greg, who's Boss Rush Mode, and mm-hmm. myself have been doing music together since like ninety late nineties, late nineties, sure. yeah. ninety eight or ninety seven, ninety eight or something like, like that. that. Yeah. Like right after high school for us, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, that's when I started than, playing guitar. Was like right after high school, like literally, right? Like, so like more than twenty years, just just goofing around, being you know dorks and you know having fun with it, and um, and stuff. And I think that you know that's why we're able to just like seamlessly work into something like a podcast. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like you guys could probably do the same thing because you have your own lexicon, you have your own, you know, shorthand for everything. We're, you know, we're constantly finishing, finishing each other's sentences and stuff. Cause it's like, we just literally been friends for so freaking long and we still get along yeah. for some reason. So it just, uh, that is, that is like worth so much. And you just, uh, I mean, you can't put a price on that. It really is. And I think that, you know, one, one thing that I've, you know, I've, I've been in bands of some kind since I was 14. And it's like one thing that I've learned beyond anything else is if you're not doing this for a living, then which, which, you know, I, like we all have jobs. We all have, you know, everybody in the band has, you know, 40 hour full, full-time jobs. Right. Um, and it's like, if you're not doing this for a living, you have to do it with people that you get along with. You have to right. play, you have to be in a band with people that you enjoy being around. It's really, really difficult to, to do, no matter how big the band is getting and no matter how successful it's getting, it's really hard to stay in it. If it's, if it's not your livelihood, it's hard to stay in it if you don't really 
truly care about the people and really get along with the people that you're, you know, that, that are there. And it's like, that's been this like really underrated thing about, you know, about COVID happening was, you know, we, we were all seeing each other two to three times a week. And then all of a sudden it was just like nothing, you know, and it it was months of not running into each other, not interacting. Um, And that was difficult. It was like, man, these you know, I have my family here at home and then it's like, other than people at work, like the next, you know, outside of work, the next people I see in terms of frequency of the band and yeah. to not really be in just kind of like not really be able to see them that much. It, it kind of, you know, a couple of months there really sucked before we like started right. kind of like getting on zoom and starting to kind of figure out what our plans were going to be like it, you know, it was really every gig that we saw that we were losing was was a bummer like i really genuinely missed all five of these people that that, you know i spend so much time with and and we do this thing together and it's like you know it's important and such a big part of all of our lives now and then and you know to just kind of all of a sudden stop doing it and stop seeing each other was kind of a bummer yeah i mean absolutely i mean i mean we finally just saw each other last week for the first time since this whole thing started yeah and it's like, no, it's just part of routine. Like we get together once a week and just do whatever, like do band stuff or podcast stuff. And then it's like, all of a sudden, Oh shit. Now we can't see each other. Yeah. We, we've, yeah. Same thing. Like we've been getting together faithfully once every week for years. Oh my God. Since at least since 2015, like faithfully, yeah. Maybe there's like a week that we skip or something because you know so something, something happens. And yeah. But like ninety nine percent of those weeks, we all meet, or at least most of us do. And we always tried to uh, get something accomplished. That was our deal. It's like you know, some mm-hmm. sometimes we'd you know get together and like watch movies or something or play video games, right. but pretty rarely. Like honestly, we you know in between albums we would for sure we'd take like a few months and just. But we, even then, we, we're so in the routine. Even if we're like, all right, we're going to take a break. We're not going to write anything. We're not going to do any music or anything like that. We'll just, we'll just, you know, get together just still out. and just yeah. hang out and do whatever. Cause you just literally are in that schedule in that mode and stuff. And yeah, it is, it is just, uh, it's true. You know? Yeah. You have, uh, you know, the brothers from another mother and you know, just so how it is. Exactly. Yeah. So that's awesome that you you guys have that, that camaraderie and I can't even say the word camaraderie. The camaraderie. Yeah, I, knew, really I knew what you meant. Up. I knew where you were going. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the Sean Connery. <laughs> yes, the Sean yes. Connery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have the power to move stuff with your mind? You know, Gary Sinesis. <laughs> okay, I stole that joke. I stole that joke from my roommate in college. That was his only joke, but it was a good one. I, I like it. Uh, that, w- that might be used and, and stolen again. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, so uh, moving on. So uh, what is your favorite hair metal band? So, I yeah, I was thinking about this a lot, and um, I was doing, like, research uh, for this because I yeah, wanted to make sure. Yeah, because you picked hair metal. I, was, I did, and I wanted to make sure I was, like, fully prepared. But um, I honestly, one of the bands that will always, like, you know, stick out for me was the band Europe. Um, oh yeah, Europe was they, and I get and everybody remembers them from you know from the Final Countdown mm-hmm. and whatnot. That was their big song, 
and um you know maybe don't really remember them from much else but i i remember like it was in 1988 that they came out with their follow-up to the final countdown which was out of this world and um their hit off of that was superstitious which was you know played on mtv and you know got a good amount of airplay and I remember watching it and just really, really liking the way that they blended everything together. They were, you know, the band was, I, I thought, you know, Joey Tempest was a really solid vocalist. Um, yeah, and, definitely. you know, good, um, you know, the, the keyboards is maybe is kind of looking back as cheesy as they might've been. Like they were, mm. they were really good. They added a lot to the melodies um, in the songs and, um, and they just had good, they just had good like hooks in their songs and I really was able to get into them. And then my, my friend gave me his final countdown tape because he thought Europe was so lame. And he was like, this band sucks. And he gave it to me and I, I like listened to it. And I was like, I don't know, man, <laughs> a couple burners on here. Right? I really, I'm, I'm enjoying this. And, and I did, it had a lot of good songs, but really when the band like just kind of opened up a little bit for me was when I got um, their album that came before Final Countdown, which was Wings of Tomorrow. And that album is actually more, um, it's more like metal. It has more like hard rock and metal roots in it, which I really, um, I'm sorry. Let me just kind of, I'm sorry. My baby monitor was going off here. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> hey, but um, <laughs> a dad trumps the podcast. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, that was the crying that you heard in the background, but, um, but yeah, Wings of Tomorrow was a much more, um, kind of hard rock metal driven album. I mean, I listened to, you know, the second track in the album is called Scream of Anger and it was just like this really like heavier, you know, much more grinding guitars, double bass, you know, going with a, a drum with the drums that really I didn't hear on any of their pre of the albums that I listened to before that it was really more aggressive, more um, pounding. And I really liked it. You know what I mean? That to, to this day, that's my favorite album by them. I just think, wow. that, you know, they I've really, because that one. they had a different guitar player. Um, uh, Key Marcello was the guitar player for final countdown out of this world, or maybe he wasn't on final countdown, but he was definitely on out of this world. But John Norum was the guitar player in the early days, um, in their self-titled debut and then wings of tomorrow. And he could rock, like he really was a great player. Um, you know, and kind of in preparation for this, just looking back at some of the, you know, some of the old, old live cuts, like he was just shredding the whole time. And, mm. um, they even had on Wings of Tomorrow, they had an instrumental song called Aphasia, which was really, really good. I mean, it was just nice. like, had these really, really, you know, tight guitar lines to the whole thing. Good, you know, cool, like kind of little drum solo bits in there that were just really fun to listen to. And, um, and they're still around. Like they're a band that, um, you know, they still release albums, which are not bad. Um, you know, they kind of came back in the 2000s with an album called Start From The Dark, which was really mm -hmm. good. Um, and um, and the one thing that I guess I, you know, I kind of look at with all of these bands that come back for reunion tours and everything like that are, is the band still kind of in playing shape? Like, can the singer still sing? Can the band still, like, you know, 
play and, and move and interact the way that they used to. And Europe is a band that can still do it. Like Tempest still has good vocals. Like he took care of it. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, his voice has changed. Like he doesn't sound yeah. like he did in the eighties, but he still, still sounds fantastic. Right. No, he's going, he, you know, he's like every, every singer will drop a song, you know, drop a, drop a song down a key or something like that. But he yeah. still, you know, ha- there are some singers from the eighties that just blew their vocals entirely. Like their vocal cords are shot now. Like they, you know, they really, you know, stretched um, in the eighties and maybe just didn't, you know, take care of their voices the way that they really needed to in order to have a really long sustainable career. And, you know, but he was one that just kind of, you know, was able to maintain for all this time. And um, I, I I don't know. I kind of have a, I guess I have a respect for that. I, I just I you know, I really think that that's a, I really think that that's cool to just be able to see them still playing out at festivals these days and still oh, sounding yeah. pretty, oh, you absolutely. know, pretty good. So, um, sure. yeah, th- that's a band that just, you know, again, kind of, that was the first one that I came to. It was really like the first band that I was going out and buying the cassettes for and like, you know, and it, cassettes. Wow dating myself but um but uh you know like it, they i don't know they just struck a chord uh, yeah you know as you know as you know when you're younger like that i mean you know we you know we again like you guys said we went all through elementary school together and the heyday of this music was when we were in elementary school and yeah and kind of leaking into junior high so it was just it was, it was different like we weren't going to shows or anything like that the only thing that you really had was the music and and not necessarily like you know a live performance or something like that that you could tie it to and um i don't know that music just really that band itself just really kind of you know hit me the right way and and stuck with me because i that's, still that is so awesome because i love when somebody like that's such a great pick because it's it's not a pick that most people would go with and i i have to admit i'm not that familiar with their catalog yeah me either yeah. I, I'm, I mean, obviously, I mean, my, my brain goes to the final countdown, but um, that is definitely a band like now I can go check out and be like, oh, you know, there's all the stuff that I, <laughs> I've never even heard. Um, right. But yeah, speaking of like when we were kids and all the stuff we're about to talk about was coming out when we were like probably younger than we were actually paying, like obviously we weren't going to shows like you said. But like what you said about Scott is kind of what I did with a lot of this stuff. Like at the time, yeah. I wasn't into any of it. And then it was sort of, um, I think it was, uh, well, for, for me, I'll tell you exactly why, and I'll tell you exactly what album for me. Uh, the, the album that got me into, that was my gateway drug for metal, was uh, given to me by, well, not given to me, but the person who let me hear it was uh, Mr. Nintendo. And that album was Def Leppard's Adrenalize. Yeah, so I yeah. actually started on Adrenalize, and then really because of the song um, Let's Get Rocked. Let's Get Rocked. Yeah. Right. Because of Let's Get Rocked. Because that video was so cool and like and I remember him like him telling me about it and I, I hadn't I, I wasn't familiar with the song. It was like a single before the album came out. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, you know the song? I just got the single. I, I love the song. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know it. And so he was like coming over that night or whatever. He's like, Oh, I'll, I'll just bring it. And um and so like I, I loved it. You know, it was, it was great. And then, and then the album came out. And so, I mean, that was like, that was my gateway drug big time. And then I started to go back into a lot of like a lot of Def Leppard, but obviously, you know, other bands too. But, um, 
I, so for so for me, I think Def Leppard is my uh, my most beloved because they they were my they were my first. But I also think they have a lot of really good shit, and I think they have yeah. more good shit than they get credit credit for. Right. I was actually listening to um, to High and Dry, their second album. Oh yeah, man. Um, you know, yeah, recently, that's a good one too. and you know they they really were just like you know they kind of were formed from that like you know kind of you know 70s sounding like british yeah. rock there are more really new like wave british heavy metal song. at the yeah. beginning i mean yeah. jesus christ joe elliott he screams almost every song in the first two albums i know he's and like halfording every yeah. freaking song almost and then it comes to pyromania and then it's like okay well like some of the songs he does some he doesn't and then it comes to then the next one they they just went full commercial with obviously their biggest album hysteria which hysteria, i still yeah. love but like it's you know it's the it commercial get, one you know yeah. i i think no that, more screams <laughs> or hardly any anyway right i think that one you know one thing i was going to mention you know um over here and not to interject but um oh, you know do. i um my one of my earliest recollections of wanting to be a drummer was watching talk dirty to me the the video for talk dirty to me and looking sure. at like ricky rocket on the drum riser with the big neon green poison logo and the you know on the black background right in the front big hair thing and the yeah <laughs> Yeah, that too. Um, I wanted hair like that. But I mean, like, that was, you know, that was what, that was what um, really kind of got me interested in, in like, oh man, I, I, that's okay. So if I'm going to be one of these guys in this band, I want to be that one. I want to be the guy back there, like playing, like playing drums. I mean, yeah. I would love to, you know, of course, would I love to be able to say that, you know, I, you know, the way that I got into drumming was I was listening to Buddy Rich and Louis Bellison and all these j early jazz drummers that my grandfather yeah. got me into, or, you know, somebody handed me a Rush, you know, cassette when I was- Neil Peart. And I heard Neil and I was like, sure, I'd love to say that, but, you know, <laughs> but I mean, the, the simple fact is, is that the way I, the way I got into it was through, you know, this music this genre of music will always hold like kind of an appeal to me because it really was kind of my, like you said, Steve, it was my gateway in. It was like the way yeah. that I kind of got into, you know, just rock music in general and just, you know, wanting to, wanting to be a drummer and wanting to, you know, be that guy sitting back there surrounded by drums and cymbals and playing. And oh, I thought you were going to say chicks. And, yeah, well, no, the dr <laughs> Steve, the drummer never gets to chicks, man. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I, I always I, did. I can check my math, but I'll take your word for it. Might not, uh, might, yeah, it might not be. I, I guess I shouldn't make that blanket statement. Maybe it's just, uh, just me, but I, yeah, that's how I wanted to get, that's how I wanted to get into it. And, um, Again, I think that sometimes, not to go overly philosophical here, but um, sometimes I think like, you know, the way that fandom works is like, you know, if you're a really big fan of metal or there are people out there that feel like they have to check your resume to make sure that you're a true fan of metal. Oh yeah. Or, or, oh, and this oh, is, this, oh, yeah. this is, I'm using metal as an example, but this is anything. This is star Wars. This is, you know, um, Marvel universe or anything. Absolutely. Like that. It's like, like street cred. 
Oh, Check you're your a credit you, the door. You're a Star Wars fan. How many of the expanded universe novels have you read? You're a metal fan. Like, do you know of this random? Band like, of course, you've read the Timothy Zahn one. Everybody's grandmother read the yeah. Timothy Zahn trilogy. Give me a break. That was a good trilogy, by the way. I, I like read that last year. It was awesome. My grandmother <laughs> and your grandmother read it, and so I mean, it's gotta it's gotta have merit. So. I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I think that it's, you know, it's much more fun to just kind of own like, yeah, like this, the, the music, the style may be looked at kind of, I don't want to say negatively, but looked at as kind of more of a surface level kind of like fun style of music back in the day. But man, it was the style of music that like got me playing. So yeah, yeah. You gotta, yeah. You gotta kind of... <clears throat> Good, good. I gotta give it respect there, right? Right. I have a, dr- right. I, have a dr- I have a drink in my hand. You got. We turned off videos, but I I toasted hair metal. Let's. Uh, oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm raising nice. raising my drink to hair metal. Cheers. Nice, yes. nice. Um, before we go full 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 tilt boogie and dive right on to the hairspray, uh, we didn't mention that you guys won a, a pretty cool award. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I definitely want to mention that. That's really really cool. So tell us about that. So we won the Providence um, Reader's Choice Award in 2019. We were nominated for it in 2018. And we, you know, they had a, we were a finalist. They had a dinner and uh, at Twin River um, and it was this really nice occasion and we were sitting there. And, um, you know, up until that point, it was like, man, this is so cool that we got nominated. And then we lost. And then it was like, we all went to a bar and felt sad for a while. So the next year, we were like, we really want to win this. And so, you know, um, I think that ultimately, what we did was we just really, uh, you know, really asked the people who had been seeing us and the fan base that had grown, like, please vote for us, because this is, you know, this is what you can do to help us. And so many people stepped up and voted and you know and took the time out of their day to you know support the band and and show like what you know show that they wanted us on top and and that really meant a lot like that's what that's why that award was so special is because it wasn't you know it it, yeah i mean if we were if the award was something that a board of five people picked and they went by the best band right. technically or the, you know, the, you know, the tightest, band, whatever. I don't know if we would have been there, whatever, but, and if we were great, if we weren't no problem, but this was one that, you know, you're up there because people like your band and they like to hear you play and they enjoy your shows. And that's the thing, uh, you know, um, that's what, felt really good about winning it is that Mm. you know it was just really nice to have people you know take the time to support us and and show that they really you know that they wanted to you know they wanted to express that you know we were their choice and that was really really cool um and that's something that we were the readers you were their readers choice yes so um yeah so i mean that was like you know we still we have the um you know, we have the uh, centerpiece from that that was this little glow-up Reader's Choice thing. We put it on our speakers every time we play because we just take so much pride in it. Like, that that was something that we, you know, that we were able to win and and, um, and that, you know, it really is a nice feather in the in the cap for the band. And it was it the is. same thing, you know, we, um, we're a finalist this year. They're going to have the, uh, the, because of COVID, you know, things got a little crazy, but I think in August they're going to actually have the, um, you know, they're going to pick the, 
um, the finalists, uh, are they going to pick the winner of the, of it, like via a zoom kind of event. Um, sure. but which is cool, but, um, but you know, that it, it was, I mean, and again, not to get too mo here, but I mean, it was nice. I was there with my wife last year who was pregnant with our second daughter. And it was just like a super, super like happy thing. And I, when I posted about it that night, I, you know, I put a picture of, it, I, I hadn't said anything about, um, you know, us expecting a second kid on, on Facebook. So I just kind of combined the two posts and that was really cool. That was, awesome. that was a very, very, very cool thing. So that was just a hell of a night. Yeah, it was, it was a good night. Yeah. It was a good night. I remember, uh, yeah, I took the day off the next day. So I remember, and, and I had a designated driver. So I remember. Oh, uh, that. Oh, there you go. You kept it off. That was nice. Yeah, no, I definitely, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I had a, uh, I had a couple of ginger ales that night too, to celebrate. So that was fun. Oh, well, (laughs) hitting the ginger ale pretty well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. 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 Pretty cool. Awesome, man. That's, that's really good. I just wanted to make sure we mentioned that. that because that's really, really awesome. And, uh, we were super happy to, to see that. Obviously that was really cool. Right. Thank you. And thanks. And again, um, this year, I know you guys, you know, were supporting us as well um, for the 2020 run. So again, thank you from myself and the rest of the band. We really appreciate that. So thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Oh, you're welcome. We just assume you're awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah he's assuming here <laughs> yeah i know i i really i really hope you guys don't come see us play and we suck like i'm gonna feel really really bad about I mean, that i think like, there's oh, no man. chance of that ever happening but, uh, i mean we yeah. will see you that there's a chance of that <laughs> yeah there's a chance of that for sure for sure, uh, for sure. um okay so yeah, i guess um i'll i'll mention uh some one hair of my, one of my favorite hair metal bands and that has to be twisted sister Yes. Twisted Sister was especially throughout like middle middle school and high school was like my saving grace because I was so depressed in in middle school, you know, being picked on a lot and being separated from my friends and I couldn't hang out with Steve during, you know, uh the lunches or whatever because we had lunches at different times. Like, well I didn't know anyone. I'm so introverted i didn't want to talk to anyone so i was just really freaking down the dumps and i literally missed a lot of school because of that i just did not want to go to school at all and uh twisted sister like twisted sister and dio were like the two bands for me that helped me get through my teen years and yeah, I mean, I just love, I just love Twisted Sister and like all their songs. They they just speak. Yeah, they're they're very you know? empowering. You know? For sure, yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. this like musically, like their their music is very simple, mm-hmm. but it's like the message. Like it's, I don't know. I just I just love these lyrics. I think too. So I don't know. I just gravitate towards his lyrics. And I just think they're awesome. They're it's great. Like like what a smart guy he ended up being. Like too. Oh yeah. Know? Like sure. like in the eighties when he you know. He he showed up in Congress and like was very articulate and like you know, um, I mean I think it was Congress, right? Yes, what am I, what yeah, am I thinking, right, yeah, yeah. And he he just comes like with his cutoffs and his you know his his arms are hanging out and his shades and he's like takes up this one piece of notes that he's got like tucked into some pocket somewhere and he's just like incredibly articulate and and smart and, and just right shocked everybody. Shut Al Gore down. It's like you're an idiot. <laughs> 
this stupid <laughs> parental advisory sticker bullshit. But hey, that ended up helping out sales. So kids went out and bought it anyways. But there was so much like with them that was just like, um, I actually, a couple of years ago, I did a, um, a cover set at Ralph's for the Halloween tribute show and we did Twisted Sister. And, um, you know, just like the songs that we did, you're right. It was very, it's empowering music. It's very much like you can't stop rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to rock and, uh, and stay hungry. I love that song. That was yeah. not really a song that, um, that really, you know, I, I necessarily heard at the time, but I, you know, hearing it later on, you know, um, and when we were playing the set, I was like, man, this song is freaking awesome. Like, it's just yeah, like, it is. Yeah, it's like that, it's that aggressive, like really, you know, fast, like heavy rock. And it just, it, it you know, it, it, you're right, Joe, it was just like, it was very empowering and really just like cool, you know, aggressive, like good music and yeah. um, good rock. And I like that. Yeah. And I, I, I don't say this very often, but Twisted Sister is like one of those bands where I absolutely loved every single album. Yeah. Like I loved all the songs, uh, everything's just so goddamn good. And it's like you listen to um, "Under the Blade," which they record that album in a freaking barn, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. I didn't know that until like later in life, and I just think that's freaking hilarious. Um, you, you, and then you go to like uh, "You Can't Stop Rock and Roll," which they freaking up their ante with that album, and then of course "Stay Hungry." Uh, which is like their their biggest album because of uh, we're not going to take it. Yeah, um, so it's, it really is obviously it's the album. song. It's the, the the song that really got me into them. So yeah, I, me too. I, yeah. The, the videos, yeah. you know, just, the videos are so hilarious. Oh, and with, yeah. yeah, with the guy from uh, the guy from Animal House doing the whole. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah. so good. Yeah, then, very good, very good. Yeah, Mark Metcalf is that guy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's also he was also the master in Buffy the Vampire Slayer season one. Oh, that's yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. 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 Yep. I love the um you know that that intro for we're not gonna take it with the cowbell and everything like that. I always yeah, yeah. loved yep. that I'm drum just, part. Yeah, and, I just, I'm also a sucker of the cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> it needs more cowbell. But yeah, you know, Bruce but, I mean, Dickinson I, wants more cowbell, so I guess yeah, we get yeah. to it. Yeah. I remember like when we were practicing for that um, for that tribute set and I brought the cowbell in rehearsal and when we the night that we were going to start working on We're Not Going to Take It, I was just so excited. I'm like, oh my God, I get to play cowbell. I get to do the part. I've, I've heard this part like so many times. I, I can't just wait to for play somebody it. to say, no, more yeah. cowbell. This we get to do we really get to do this thing. now, right? We get to, and I think like the first time we practiced it, I broke a stick on the cowbell. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. oh, like so good. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, 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 stop everybody. We got to do this again. I, I can't, uh, you know, can't go on. That's the best. Right. It's right. kind of, uh, with this kind of F up. No, I need right. to play the perfectly. Yeah. Right, yeah. Twisted right. Sister is one of my most lamented bands that I never got to see. Honestly. Yeah, I yeah, I know. It's like I am so fucking bummed that yeah. you no, know, they yeah. they announced their retirement. Uh, and I, they've never came to our area that I know of. Yeah, not not since we were paying attention, maybe in the eighties yeah. or something. But yeah, maybe. But oh my god, yeah. holy yeah, that, shit! Like that is that is a huge huge bummer but i i love that band too that was my um like in in high school when i was like i'm gonna get a workout bench in my house and (laughs) and lift weights 
Um, <laughs> right. I, um, I, that was like the only music I ever wanted to, to work out to was Twisted Sister. Oh yeah. Like yeah. it was, it was like, <laughs> like clockwork. I, it's all I wanted. That was it. Was just whatever Twisted Sister album, and I loved their uh, big hits, Nasty Cuts, which was like half think, live, half. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Deep, yeah. Deep, I still, I still have that. that. I still. That's, have a, that's that. a really fun album, and it has it really like is. some really funny D B and D, like just to the audience, and it's just funny stuff. <laughs> right. It's really good stuff. Oh my god. Uh, so we were talking off mic before we started recording about about conventions and stuff. And I, I will just interject a little, little anecdote because I did get to meet Dee Snyder oh, yeah, that's um, right. yep. a couple of years ago um, at uh, Scaracon, which was a, it's a horror con um, that is sadly defunct as of this year, um, as, as so many are. We actually had a, really a, a wealth of, of horror con options, um, uh, really up, up until this. <laughs> And everybody's just kind of gone away. They've, I don't think anyone's going to come back, honestly. Um, but we had like three or so, or three or four like big ones and then some smaller ones like in Massachusetts. And um, I literally don't think we're going to have any. But Scaracon was a cool con. It was in the Sheraton and Framingham. It was really fun. Um, and I, I, I literally, I was there um, and like in a dealer capacity, I was with um, doing book stuff. And, um, but the only person that I wanted to meet was D Snyder that was going to be there. And so I like had a whole plan and it was also on father's day. So mm-hmm. um, I went with, uh, with my daughter, Dr. Matteo, and she came in and she is actually a big twisted sister fan. So she likes all sorts of stuff. I think she's just, she's just one of those people who just likes all music pretty much. And so she 100% like loves modern music. That's her stuff too. But with dad, she's always super happy to listen to anything 80s. It's not always metal. Usually it's actually like more new wave we, we, we pretty much will listen to. But for metal stuff, it's like Twisted Sister. Those videos, I shit you not, she has watched those videos like three dozen times each. Like huh. it's nice. I mean, a million times. It's just ridiculous. Um, she just, she just loves them. She thinks they're really funny. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, so we gotta, we gotta meet D. You and me, we gotta meet D. It's gonna be the best. And the whole time, she was like, I don't know. Do we have to do this? And like, <laughs> yes, we goddamn have to do this. <laughs> and like I said, it was Father's Day, and uh, like nobody was there. Like it was a terrible idea to even have a convention on, on Father's, Father's Day. Day. Yeah, it was a terrible idea. But so I. Um, we went over and it was it was really really cool and it was this really really special moment definitely one of my favorite celebrity interactions and honestly it was it was better it was a million times better in all ways because because Maddie was there not only did I get to share it with her and not only did she end up also getting a really great experience and a story and and having fun even though she was a little like not sure at first but um, but also D really like his interaction with us was a hundred percent Maddie centric. So like, yeah, we were talking to, but he's talking to her and this, he's huge. He's like six, five, six, six or something. And so he's like, you know, you know, leaning over the desk and leaving out like he had like a counter basically. And uh, you know, a million things he's selling all of the, all different stuff. And, uh, and he's just like, you know, talking to her and uh, it was, it was so awesome. What a great guy. Like what a really, really super great guy. Uh, and I had him sign. Um, I actually have an original uh, vinyl. It's I don't know. 
I mean, I, I don't know if it's like the original run, but it is like a vintage vinyl of uh, uh, Love Is For Suckers, which is the like album the that didn't come album. out here. Yeah. It was supposed to be like a D. Snyder side project. It was right on the cusp of them breaking up. And I, I had it and he's like, he did this like, whoa. And he like stepped back and he's like, wow. And I'm like, do you not get too many of these? He's like, I definitely do not get too many of these. And, um, and he's telling me, he's like, well, you know, looking at this, he's like, man, I got to tell you, you know, this, this really, this represents a, like the worst period of my whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. Uh, I, I feel I like am, a piece of crap I'm, now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. He's like, oh, no, it's fine. He's like, no, but he's like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the band was breaking up. You know, my marriage was breaking up. Luckily, we saved things. I stopped being an asshole. But um, he's like, yeah, everything was uh, not doing doing so well when they made that album. And and uh, it is this weird thing. He's like, you know what, though? I've always been proud of it. And I always think it's I, I, I still still think it's a good album. And I'm like, you know, I, I love this album. Yeah. Um, that was actually an album that uh, Boss Rush has told the story a few times on the show where his dad used to have this VHS tape, um, now who's dating who, of um, various <laughs> like, like Headbangers Ball videos. And one of them was this Twisted Sister song uh, called Hot Love. And yep. we literally, like, we, we just, like, looked for this stupid album forever. We could never find it. We could never find, find it. it. Like, I would go and ask every time I was in a Strawberries. And, and there, eventually I, I thought, can I speak, to, like, is there, can I talk to somebody who, like, orders? Can I speak your to your manager? <laughs> like a full-on Karen. I full-on karen that mother. And, um, <laughs> and, and so, like, they, they're, like, they looked it up for me. And, and they showed me. They're, like, well, this is what we have to order from. Here's Twitz's sister. There's nothing called Hot Love on the, I mean, um, Love is for Suckers was the album. And they're like, are you sure you have the name right? And I said, yes, that is what the video says. It's the song is hot love and it's from love is for suckers. And I know nothing else more about this friggin' thing because there is no goddamn internet. And I have no idea. And later we learned that this, this album was never released in the United States or not originally anyway. Right. Now. You can get it now, but um, for years, the only way to get it was um, import. And I actually acquired it like somewhere in the mid nineties from D Snyder's website. That's where I finally got it on CD um, and uh, I like f I think I was the first of us that that finally bought it, and I yes. had it on CD. And since I bought it from his website, he signed it, and I had no idea that was even going to happen. I was like, I, I was floored when I got that thing in and opened it up. I'm like, it's freaking signed. Like, I I did not pay extra money for that. Like, I. I was floored. I couldn't believe it. So anyway, I, I have a pretty high opinion of, uh, of Mr. Snyder. I think he's a really cool yeah. I remember seeing that picture of, um, of him and Matteo that you have up on your um, Facebook profile, Steve. That was just awesome. That was yeah. so cool. It was yeah. such a good shot. And by the way, Steve, um, I have to mention this. I'm sorry, but you said that the VHS tapes was you dating yourself in the course of that conversation. Yep. But when you mentioned going to strawberries... No, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 was, I, was like, I had to think for a second. Oh man, strawberries! I remember that. that's where we used to like. That's where yeah. music used to come from. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you tell kids like, "What do you mean? You what do you mean? 
What do you mean? You bought you bought music on fruit? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't no, get this at you all. Would, you would show up at the store with money and you'd go, I'd like to buy some music, please. And that's where you went. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, we used to buy our uh, concert tickets there too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. That's right. Very true. So yeah, yes. good one. Twisted Sister. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great Was there point. any bands that you, you would have loved to see of this ilk, Adam, that you never got to see? I, you know, the one, not to be redundant, but I never saw Europe live. I never yeah, either. see them um, because I think um, they now, they tour predominantly in Europe. They don't, they were supposed to come over here this, um, this year. Uh, they were coming over here to do a tour with Foreigner, I believe, but obviously oh, COVID that's... that got canceled. So um I was disappointed that I never got to see them. And I guess also I, you know, the, the show that I just, you know, in terms of watching the videos and everything like that, I mean, that was obviously where, you know, these bands really just took off was in their music videos and watching like the videos from Def Leppard in the round um, on that hysteria tour where they were, you know, yeah. Had, like, yeah in the, the round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The 360 degree stage. Yep. And everything yeah. Like that. Yep. Seeing them on that tour would have just been sick. That would oh have been God, yeah. such oh, a cool yeah, show. To sure. But, yeah. Um, but uh, those were, those were two that I would have loved to have, have catched back in the okay, day. Okay. So how about, a, how about <laughs> flip that? Was there like, is there a band of this ilk that you are still to this day? It's one of your favorite shows or something you did get to see maybe when you were younger or something. So to be perfectly honest, I, you know, again, by the time I started going to shows, these bands were done. You know what I mean? Like these bands were pretty much, I started going to shows in the mid nineties and most of these bands were not touring anymore or they had either broken up or were on hiatus or whatever. Um, But the one band that I did get to see was Cinderella. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. They, so they reunited with um, Poison was the headliner. And so we went to that show and there were two other bands playing. I believe it was LA Guns and Dokken was playing oh, with them. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, Dokken played Dreams Warriors, which was awesome. Was like, of course. Yes. Um, and then, but I that's, honestly... That's a hell of a bill, actually. That's yeah. A, yeah, I, sure. I didn't... Like I, I knew like my wife was more into Cinderella and she, yeah, my wife, my, is, yeah. my wife is like big into Cinderella too. She was, you know, she, she was my wife at the time, but you know, she would like, she like gave me these CDs and we would listen to them together. I'm like, man, this band is good. And then, so they came out when their set started. I remember this so distinctly. They had all like, all these candles were on their amps. They were all lit up. And then they did the intro um, to Night Songs. And then they started playing that, which is like this really like, you know, just like slow kind of plotting, but really like solid like rocker. And it was just awesome. And then, and they were just, the entire set was just one after another. Like the songs, Kiefer's vocals were on point. And he had that like really raspy voice. He had a lot yeah. of problems with his voice in his career. Yeah, yeah I was going to um, say like his voice is like totally you know, from like most hair metal. But he was crushing everything that they played. And I remember they did an acoustic, uh, they, you know, they did the whole like, you know, brought the chairs out to the front of the stage and, you know, they did an acoustic set. And I was like, and the drummer went off stage and I was like, oh man, okay. That, you know, I wonder what the drummer's going to be doing. And during the song, 
he ca- he comes out with like an electric uh, an electric violin and plays a solo, like he plays like a <laughs> violin solo, and I was like, holy shit, like. I could never do that. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like that was, that was so cool. And just the way that they integrated everything there, you know, they just played the old songs like perfectly. Every aspect of that set was so good and so tight. I distinctly remember that show beyond any other. And I, you know, I'd seen other um, bands from that era, not not even just like '80s hair metal bands, but I've seen like bands like Journey, um, you know, live with a. They didn't. It was between Steve Perry and then the um, Ariel Pineda, the guy that they have now, and um, it was their first replacement singer. And and again, all like good. I saw Bon Jovi at one point, and that was one of the worst shows I ever seen. But um, <laughs> but. Um, this show was just like, I just wanted them to play more. I was yeah, like, why yeah. can't they just continue to play? Like, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that show was amazing. <clears throat> nice. I've had experiences like that where I wasn't expecting to love a band. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I just, I don't know. There was just something about them. They blew me away. Actually, the band uh, Sabaton, uh, like uh, his, history metal from Germany. I don't know if you know them, but uh, I'm not like a big Sabaton fan. They're fine, mm-hmm. but... I was not prepared for how much I love their live show. Like I just could not get over how fucking good they sounded. And, yeah. and like, yeah. you know, my wife too, like she hadn't heard of Sabotage. She didn't even know who they were. Um, and they were just an opening act. And, and uh, I, I don't know, man, I've been to a lot of shows at the Palladium. Uh, <laughs> they sounded amazing. I, I don't know what it was, but they were just really great live. And every once in a while you get hit, like that. Um, actually, that happened with Symphony X. Do you know Symphony X? Mm-hmm. I do. I, mean, I think I saw them. They opened for, I want to say I saw them open for Blind Guardian. I think uh, that, yep. I, maybe. Yep. Or, I, yep. I was at that yeah. show. They opened for Blind Guardian uh, and they've opened for Iced Earth. I've seen them. Uh, I think right. those are the two times I've seen them there. Yeah. And uh, the singer of that band, Russell Allen, is like easily my favorite living singer. Um, and uh, it was they're they're just unfucking believable. Also, Russell Allen is one of the uh, the main singers for Trans Siberian Orchestra. To he tours with them. Oh, um, yeah. He's he's become one of the the main singers. Yeah. Um, but like, oh man, he is that, that band is unfreaking believable. Yeah. I mean, they're like they're like I think they're like the 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 heavier rush. Like they are just absolutely as mm-hmm. good. Their the musicianship in that band is just unfreaking believable. But yeah, yeah like, I so love cool. when that happens. You're not expecting mm-hmm. like to get slammed in the face with as much awesome as like that. And it's just the opening band or something. Right. And then the headliner comes out that you're there to see and you're like, yeah, they were good. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh yeah. That was, yeah, I was totally like that with with Symphony X and uh, Iced Earth. Me too. For sure. Yeah. Like Iced Earth, we had seen them a couple times, but I think we've seen them three times overall. But like that particular show is like, they were with Ripper, right? Uh, no, it was Stu Block. It was Stu Block. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I think we've seen them with all, with all three singers. All three singers, yeah. Just not the original guy, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, the original too. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's right. They've had five singers. But anyway... Yeah whatever but yeah that's 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 always fun there was a lot of those um a lot of those metal shows that um you know when you'd go see uh, when i would go see like blind guardian or within temptation they'd always be like touring with a band with a couple bands and um 
and you know you catch every now and then you just catch a band that just like holy god these guys are awesome i yep. i think it was either it might have been um when i saw it was either uh blind guardian within temptation but the band holy grail i, I actually really, oh yeah yeah they put on a they put on a hell of a show i was like these guys are, and again it's like one of those you know it was one of those like moments where you know watching the band it was me and my friend uh, the guy I was in Ballasat with, Greg Massey, and um, it, we were standing there, and like, three songs in, I tap him on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, is it me or are these guys really good? And he's like, no, these guys are really good. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Yeah." laughs> like, okay, good. I'm enjoying this. This is fantastic. Right. So, I also yeah. love it when, um, when that happens with a band I would never listen to. Mm-hmm. Like I liked, I already liked uh, Symphony X. Sabaton, I'm fine with, um, but there are certain types of music I would never let. I don't, tend to love the extreme types of metal i uh i got to my wife and i got to see um amana marth open up for megadeth a few years ago and uh they were so amazing live like both of us at the end of that show like i mean megadeth was great but oh my god we were both like absolutely enamored with amana marth this like viking doom metal and like we'd we'd never listen to them (laughs) <laughs> like on like in the car or anything like that because we tried it's like yeah i don't know but like live amazing same thing with the yeah. band tier the band tier was incredible live incredible right oh, remember <laughs> uh, remember destiny's end on the way to see ice there at the, uh, the oh, yeah, destiny's so I, I remember end. i remember you're like these guys kind of suck. Here, <laughs> listen to this. Listen to these vocals. This guy is fucking obnoxious as hell. It's James and, uh, James Rivera? James Rivera, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. This is fucking terrible. But when we, when we saw yeah, them live, they were they, were, they, they were, were brilliant. Great. They were fucking amazing. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, the best. That's cool. That is true. That's why live music's just, it's just amazing. Like we need live music back in our lives. That's for sure. Absolutely. You can really, it's amazing how much you can win, win fans over through your live performance. Absolutely. I, you know, I, there are, like you guys just said, and not to beat a dead horse, but there are just so many acts that I would have never found, would have never really ever, you know, would have never come into my sphere of reference if I had not seen them like either open for a band or, or just happen to catch a show with a, you know, a friend of mine who maybe knew of them and I didn't, and I just went along for the ride and and caught them and, you know, um, and just, they ended up turning out so good, you know? Love it. Yeah. Joe, um, did you, uh, what was uh, one of these bands from the hair days? Did you get a chance to ever catch a good show from uh, one of them? Oh, definitely uh, Def Leppard. Uh, Steve and I, that was our first concert, was seeing Def Leppard. Oh, really? Yeah. You guys saw them, they're good for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We saw them uh, awesome. back in, I want to say. I think it was 93. Was it 93? Oh, yeah, because I remember we, he, we had just started high school. Okay. Or or around there, oh, I think. Yeah, I think it was early yeah, like high school. Early high school, yeah, yeah. Ninety two, ninety three, yeah, something some, like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, and Ugly Kid Joe opened up for them. <laughs> yes. Oh wow. Which was amazing. Yeah. And oh, we loved God. Ugly Kid Joe. We oh, loved yeah, we Ugly, Kid Joe. Ugly, Ugly Kid Joe. But holy yeah. shit, that yeah. live performance was like, what? Yeah. Holy yeah. Shit, that was yeah. so goddamn good. Yeah, it was such an odd fun. package too. Ugly, yeah, Ugly Kid Joe and Jeff Leppard, like. What? <laughs> it was no. so freaking but weird, but I remember, it worked. 
Yeah, I remember because we felt like we were, we didn't know if, if our parents were going to go for it, but we found out and we're like, oh my God, Def Leppard. And we were like, you know, obsessed with Def Leppard. And then it's like, oh my God, but and Ugly Kid Joe, and we loved them too. So it's like, we have to go. Is there any way this is possible? Is this, can, is this even real? Can this even happen? <laughs> like, and uh, I remember we asked our parents and, and like, we just never thought they'd say yes. And they did. They did. Yeah. And like, they, they dropped us off and had to pick us up and stuff, you know, and this is at Great Woods, which is now whatever it is. I don't yeah. even know. No, I mean, it's always going to be Great Woods. It's, yeah, it's the X. I believe it's the Xfinity Center now, it's but it's Woods always going to be. It's going to be yeah. <laughs> Great Woods at the Xfinity Center. Oh, whatever what it's called. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that was a that was a hell of a show. That was nice. a hell of a show. Yeah. And our fantastic. second our second show was pretty epic too. Our yes. second show, at least I think it was our. I don't know if we saw any. I don't think I saw a show after Def Leppard until we saw Van Halen, um, and it was for the the Balance Tour. Yes. Yep. Uh, so yep. Sammy Hagar, which we are Van Hagar fans, whatever. So, Not everybody is. Yep. No, so am I. I was, always um, a, I was always a bigger fan of the stuff they did with Hagar than nice. I was. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I just like the music better. I, li- I think he's a yeah. much better singer. But anyway, um, uh, and it was Skid Row in their heyday with, with Sebastian, Sebastian fucking Bach. Oh, my God. And we yeah. didn't even know that they were opening up. I remember, like, we kept trying to find out who the opening act was. And uh, it didn't say on the tickets. And uh, we're like, is it just Van Halen? Are they like so big that they just don't need an opening act? Because we just didn't know. And uh, we got there and it was Skid Row. We like couldn't fucking believe it. We found out that day or something somehow. Yeah. Fucking blown away. That is just such a cool thing that will never happen again. Oh, I mean, because like now with the internet age being what it is, like you're going to know who's opening the show. But I mean, but back in that time, like there was totally. this like really awesome blissful ignorance that could happen where yeah. you're like, who yeah. is going to be up next? Yeah. Like, who yeah. is the next band? Like, are they going to be awesome? Are they going to suck? I don't know. Are they going to be somebody I'm into? But it was like, you know, there was one time like, it was prong. We're like prong. <laughs> snap your finger, snap your neck. Yeah. That was with Ozzy, okay. right? That was with Ozzy. I can't even remember who they were with. I think, Maybe yeah, it was I think another I, Def Leppard time. I don't no, know. No, I think it was with Ozzy. Okay. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was also at uh, Great Woods. Yeah. Can I, I just was like, go for it. Sorry. Can I just briefly pose a question to you guys? Please, this baby. is just something that I thought about, um, you know, was thinking about when I was just kind of reading through some of the stuff, but I, and it's just funny that you brought them up, but um, do you consider Van Halen a hairband? No, no. See, and, and that's the, and it's interesting because I mean, like when you, you know, if you obviously Wikipedia is Wikipedia, but I mean, if you look at a list of hair bands, like they're on it, and so is Guns N' Roses, and those aren't bands that I really truly consider hair bands because no, I just don't not. think yeah. that they fall into that category. I mean, like, you know, I think like you have your bands that were on a unabashedly hair bands like Poison, Poison, Warren, Warren Hanger, yeah. you know, all all of those bands, Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, um, they were all. You know, Wasp hair bands. I mean, Blackie, Blackie, come on. Yeah, Blackie, <laughs> we yeah. get it. You're a hair band, okay, Blackie. <laughs> but I mean, then, and then you get into the borderline bands like Bon Jovi. I, I as much as I would consider Bon Jovi a hair, I say, band, I say yes on but Bon they Jovi. Had, but they, the only argument that I would have is they had a lot of success outside of that era. You know what I mean? Like the the '90s were 
unlike for a lot of other bands, the nineties were not a good time for a lot of these bands. Like for, you know, bands like bands like Warrant, for example, that, you know, that actually tried to change their sound a little bit to be a little bit more alternative. I mean, like they came out with the album Ultraphobic in 1995 and I had never really given it a second thought, but I listened to it just randomly as I was kind of, you know, preparing for this. It's a decent album. I mean, it, it has a very Allison Chains type sound to it, but it's pretty good. And but I mean, again, those bands just got some of those bands just got completely swallowed up when oh for sure when the alternative yeah. sound came in. Yeah. But yeah. Bon Jovi was a band that kind mm-hmm. of stuck around. You could even make the argument that Def Leppard stuck around a little bit, yeah. and like they're kind of again they. I think maybe because I just remember like an interview with Joe Elliott who was like, please don't lump us in with the hair. Yeah. Bands. I mean, I th- come on. Yeah, for, yeah, for me, yeah. Def Leppard, I mean, I know, I, I know I just kind of counted them as I brought them up earlier, but mm-hmm. I, I have never felt that they were a hair band. Yeah. I mean, they did no, have definitely not. Yeah. I mean, um, they have roots that just on. go back further. They don't, yeah, I, I think they, they're more of a, a yeah. pop, like a, like a pop metal band. Like later yeah, like on, they became like, like that way, yeah. but they started like they very started legitimate, like new classic wave. rock. I yeah. really feel like their older stuff was had more to do with like a Judas Priest, not yeah. quite as heavy, but more to do with that that British new wave sound than like a pop bubblegum sort of metal, like a Poison or something like that. Right. Yeah. But they yeah. definitely did sort of get shaped. <clears throat> You know, they just just yeah. like you know Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and so many, you know, artists in the '60s. I mean, they just the record companies just were like, "Oh, you're going to be this now," and they're like, right. oh. "And and I mean, I think that that's they a did big... roll with the punches quite well, though." Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that that's a big part of 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 a lot of these bands of whether or not you truly like they will always be remembered as an '80s hair band, or if they kind of have a little bit beyond that is not just what they did after, but also what they did before. If you yes. can go into a band and look at their back catalog and, and see stuff that isn't just like the glammy kind of like, right. you know, bubblegum, you know, milk toast 80s metal that was, or 80s hair All right, so hair that's, a, that was that's a really good, so like, that's a really good point. So just keeping with the same two bands we're talking about, Warrant, their first album was 1989's Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Sink, and Rich. Yep. And that was instantly... In that hair metal sound, oh, absolutely hair metal. Yeah, perf- yeah. The the package, everything was wrapped up in a hairy bow with you know makeup and all the pants and whatever. So like, but then Def Leppard, you go back way further, right? And so yeah, that that you're right. That I think having that base, that foundation, I should say, it, it maybe that's why I feel. I mean, that is yep. definitely because because freaking high and dry is not a freaking hair metal band uh album like the no. high and dry no yeah. fucking way the right. first on through the night is like not the greatest album it also does not sound like it's a you know i mean hair metal didn't exist but that was 1979 so they're definitely coming from a totally different spot you know you know who else was a really good artist that that uh sort of really molded themselves to to fit any decade is alice cooper right oh god yes yeah. 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 i mean his uh, to this day my favorite alice cooper is the 80s stuff Oh, yeah. Like I, I love the albums that he put out in the '80s. Um, obviously, obviously trash, but also like uh, Raise Your Fist and Fist and Yell and Constrictor and stuff. Yeah. And, but I mean, like my favorite. But I mean, you know, again, I, you know, I guess 
lame, but one of my favorite songs by by him is Poison. Yeah, like when I saw oh, yeah, that absolutely. when I when I saw and I listened to that song like constantly. Yeah. And then I remember seeing them open for uh, seeing him open for Iron Maiden, um, and you know I remember him you know him going into that song and I'm like holy crap I completely forgot about this song <laughs> and it you know I'm like this is amazing I can't yeah. believe I, like yeah. not only do I get to see Maiden in, in like an hour but I get to see yeah. this this is awesome and that's um a, that's an incredible and and again wow. like but again like I you know Alice Cooper is somebody who I would never con- you know constitute as an 80s never even though he had success in the 80s it's yeah. a, you know and again it's the same thing with bands like with like iron maiden and and you know queen strike and bands like that i don't mm-hmm. you know they were just a, to me it was just a, a completely separate box like whether, i agree yeah, whether I agree. or not they had their heyday in the 80s they never you know presented as a as a as correct a glam as an 80s glam band you yeah know? they yeah, right they were always like something different and something well maiden's heavier. maiden's new wave british heavy metal right yeah hmm. yeah so yeah yeah yeah, I mean that it definitely is, and just like you know, Joe mentioned Dio. Dio, no way would I consider no. him hair metal. No, he's no, traditional. You know, yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, Alice, and Co- Alice Cooper started in the '60s, so his his first couple albums, if you go back, I mean, they are very psychedelic '60s sounding. They don't even sound like classic rock yet. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of developed that, you know, that sound, you know, and he has we have you know like the schools out and eighteen and stuff. That was like their third, fourth album, like or fifth album i mean because that was back when he was putting out an album a year year. a lot of bands were doing that too which blows my mind it's like i mean i think that all comes from the 60s that's why like so many so many artists just were like uh dropping dead because they were so full of freaking drugs pumped into them by the record companies saying uh you know here smoke more of this take some more of this and uh you know get some energy to put out more freaking albums because jesus they always that that was it that was the schedule it's like one album a year and you're touring too yeah, I don't know. Right. Like, could not imagine that. Incredible. Yeah. Like, how the hell do you not die? I mean, I don't know how the Rolling Stones are still somehow <laughs> ticking. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Cyborgs. They're all cyborgs. Probably, yeah. But I mean, um, I, and I, I think just kind of extending upon that and going back to what we were saying about, like, for me, Van Halen, I would never constitute them as an 80s hairband, but more because of what they did after the 80s, you know, like more because I associate them with... I associate them with Hagar, and again, for me, that that iteration of the band did not feel like glammy. Right. It didn't. Right. It didn't have yeah. that feel. Roth? Like they were just more like they were just more to me like a rock band at that. Yeah. A really good rock band at that. Point. Right. Um, yeah, like Roth did have that hair metal. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the, yeah. he was the the questionable element there. I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and um. He definitely was, and I mean, again, it's like you you look at 1984, and you you look at specifically like you look at a song like Jump, and you yeah. the you know the heavy keyboard and everything like that, and it definitely, and you look at the video for that song where it's just basically David Lee Roth karate kicking his way across yeah. the stage, and you know, <laughs> in, his, in his pink tights, right. like okay, yeah. karate kicking, scatting all over the yeah. place. But I don't know. I mean, I guess you kind of, you know, you Assless look at the rest. chaps in his way across the stage. You look at kind of the rest of it, and it's like House of Pain and, and Panama, and, and like those songs, I don't know. Like, it just, 
I guess it, again, it, yeah, they definitely had their they definitely had their glammy moments, but I felt like they were over quickly, at least in my kind of sphere of reference for um, for Van Halen. And then right, when yeah. you know, and I remember you know looking at, you know seeing videos for like finish what you started and and when it's love for Van Halen uh, with Hagar, the first mm-hmm. album with Hagar, and then it was just like okay now this is different you know what i mean like this feels like they're a completely like kind of different like rock band they really yeah. they really sound like two separate bands for sure and, sure, yeah. and that's why i always think that the uh the i don't know the debate of of which is better is just it's just silly like they're yeah. so different just like who you like it's fine can we like both i don't mm-hmm. know yeah but um mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, so I just I'm just looking at some discographies as we're talking and um, Def Leppard, speaking of them, they they actually put out some albums. You were saying like they they kind of stayed. They tried to stay relevant later. They actually have some albums that I know Joe and I really enjoyed. They did, definitely didn't hit it big. But in in 93, they put out Retroactive, which was kind of like a uh, bunch of yeah, B-sides. B-sides yeah. yeah. And they had some uh, some original stuff on there. I I love that album. I to this oh, day, yeah. it's a good album. Yeah, I, it's one, one, my, one, one of my favorites. One yeah, my favorites. me too. It really has some incredibly good songs on that. Some covers too. That is a great album. And then in '96, only one year after the Warrant album you mentioned, is um, Slang, and Slang is like a big departure. Yeah, but it, yeah. but it was a good album though. <laughs> Joe and I, Joe and I really liked it. I, uh, it time, was different for sure. I got to tell I didn't really catch it at the time, but you know, going back and listening to it, I, you know, later on, you know, after the band had kind of, you know, after in the two thousands, after like kind of the eighties were coming back and getting a chance to kind of go back and listen to that album, that album was good. And I think that it was, you know, and again, I, I, again, I think that these it was now all of a sudden it was like the bands had the moniker and and like they were all right we're not gonna this is Def Leppard trying to do or Warrant trying to do alternative music yeah we're just gonna we're just gonna put this over in the trash bin because we're not even gonna bother with it and Mm -hmm. you know but to me it's like a good on them for trying to revamp their sound sure b they did it and they did it effectively. I think that people didn't pay attention because again, it, it either it wasn't going to be cool to, you know, if I'm into bands like Soundgarden and Pearl Jam to now pick up a Def Leppard album, that's not maybe the cool thing to do. So I feel like, you know, again, if, if you take that moment and you transport it into kind of current day where you have this music very accessible and you could call up, you know, you could bring up slang on Spotify and be able to listen to it or something like that without going to the store and buying it on for $17 on CD. How many more people would have actually listened to it and been into it? You know what I mean? Versus just kind of just kind of pushing it off to the side. You take a band like Poison, who's who's mid '90s, you know, uh, attempt. You know, they they got rid of CC Deville, they brought in Richie Kotzen, and they released Native Tongue, and it just it was kind of a lot more of the same. But you know, they tried to be a little bit more serious. But it was, and yeah. even though it like kind of it was a little bit more bluesy, a little bit had a, a little bit more of a Southern feel. It still just didn't feel like the music evolved a lot. And that's, I think part of the reason why it just kind of faded out. Mm. Whereas, you know, again, you gotta, 
you give a little bit of props to bands like, you know, like Def Leppard and like Warrant, who are, tr- who are literally trying to evolve with the times. But I just think like that, you know, that that whole like label of this is an 80s hair band kind of unfairly followed them into the 90s and you know made people not want to listen to their music anymore right. because the landscape had changed so much <clears throat> yeah and it was it was right on the cusp of that change so they're coming <laughs> off their you know heyday where they are the biggest thing ever they you know even if they only had one or two songs you know they're they're on the radio this is just it's just everything's so in vogue that you know these are the bands this is the flavor of the minute so and then they're they're being told by everybody okay the world has moved on now nobody yeah. wants the shit anymore um change so they're like yeah. well you know fuck how do you how do you do, okay we want you to do something just don't be you yeah that's right. why I think you get like these albums sort of later on when it became cool again. And you're like, Oh, we're going to have all these, these, you know, reunion albums or these, you know, Oh, you know, I remember, I remember winger put out their fourth album, like, you know, in 2006, 15 yes. years <laughs> after their third one. Or I mean, like, I'm, lo- I'm looking at, at, at right now. Cause winger is like one of my bands I wanted to talk about, but uh, yeah, it's just really weird. Cause they, their, their pull album came out in 93 and then it's kind of oh, like okay. broke up. And so 13 years later, yeah. 13 years later, it's like, okay, well, here's. Yeah, and then it was like, okay, like, let's let's just be us again. This is the return. And then you have all the fans that are like older now. And, you know, it's, you're not just looking for the new thing. You're like, oh, oh, nostalgia. Oh, I liked this band back in the day. Cool. And, you know, whatever. And actually, I I, I did for listening uh, to stuff today. I was actually uh, one of the bands I picked out to listen to was actually Warrant, and I didn't listen to every album or anything like that. I listened to the first couple, which I haven't heard in a million years, and I did hear their newest from 2017, which is called Louder, Harder, Faster, and uh, I really liked it. Yeah, I. Interesting that you say that because I was actually listening to Warrant today, and I think that. Um, one of their, you know, I was just kind of going through a playlist and one of their newer songs off of that album came on and I didn't listen to it even all the way through, but I was like, okay, this is actually good. Um, it sounds interesting. Like I, I kind of want to delve into this a little like, bit deeper. Pretty heavy, like for them. I mean, it was, it, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. They're I a band. To it once, but I, I liked it a lot. They are a band from that era that I just feel <laughs> bad about because that whole thing with like cherry pie and how you know how that was supposed to that album was supposed to be pretty much centered around uncle tom's cabin which is a just fantastic song oh yeah my favorite really it's a really really good song really solid um you know i tried to sing it karaoke one time and i will not try a second oh man yeah that did not go well uh, yeah (laughs) and i did but like i just you know, I just hated, you know, the whole story about how they were like, no, you need a, the label was like, you need like just a, like an anthem, like a rocky kind of like a rockish, like goofy glam song. And that's yeah. literally, that's what it was. Like Jamie Lane was just like, all right, fuck this. Fine. Yeah. He, and he, he wrote, yeah. He, he recorded <laughs> cherry pie overnight, basically. Right. Cause I think the, yeah. the original name of the album was going to be uncle Tom's cat. Yes. Yep. And, that's what and, uh, label was like, no, no, we, we got to have like that, that sex appeal because those 80s, and, <laughs> 80s hair metal. And then in case we're not, we're not driving it home enough, we're going to put the piece of pie over her vag. So <laughs> right. Just so you right. like, can't possibly miss it. 
Uh, right. You know, which is crazy. Well, I guess it put a smile on the record label's face 10 miles wide, right? Yeah, oh, that's, well, that's, hey. That's, <laughs> that's, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, so, so, Joe, you said you wanted to mention uh, Winger, Winger, right? Yeah. Uh, my, my introduction to Winger um, was, oddly enough, with the, uh, the ballad uh, Miles Away, mm-hmm. and I just loved that song. It was mm-hmm. just so good. I mean, for a ballad, I mean, I think it's a, a really good ballad. It's a really good song. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, of course, you know, can't forget about uh, Battle Station from uh, the Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey soundtrack. It's like it's like the best song in the. It's like the, the best. Song. Yeah, n- next to Megadeth's. Uh, uh, oh, go to hell! Go to hell! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Which that's right. was no, I prefer awesome, that. awesome, awesome, <laughs> awesome song. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think Battle Station is like by far like their best song. That's not on any of their albums, and uh, I honestly always gravitate towards the first two albums. Mm-hmm. Which is hold on, I, I have it right here. Uh, self-titled Winger, um, and the second album in the Heart of the Young. I think they are very, very good albums. Uh, funny enough, the the first song on the debut album is called Madeline, mm. and uh, yes. and that's also an excellent song. I mean, I've never listened to this band really at all. I think you should. Yeah, really hey, it's it's they they are excellent. I mean, especially the first two albums are freaking top notch. But um, and I did like their last two albums as well, which is uh, Karma that came out in t- two thousand nine and Better Days Coming in t- two thousand fourteen. Hmm. Um, Paul, I didn't really care too much about, and uh, Four was just Four wasn't very good. I, there's one yeah. song I love on Four, and that's Short Flight to Mexico, and I had heard that on internet radio like at the time when that came out and i loved i loved that song and i'm like you know what i'm gonna buy this for my wife because she loves 80s stuff and this will be like a fun random like oh winger just put out oh it's like and we listened to the the whole thing on this like one car trip we were driving somewhere and uh that was the only song i liked (laughs) yeah Yeah. the rest of the album is so slow yeah it's really really not very winger at all um but yeah, Karma was kind of like, I don't want to say like back back to the roots or anything, but uh, it's definitely a lot heavier than four. Yeah. Um, and Bear Day's Coming, I just really enjoyed a lot. Four has Pretty, a great cover, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's weird. It's like, it's very comic book art. And it's yeah. like a soldier surrounded by angels. Very, very... Uh, unexpected artwork but that's really yeah. cool though very very cool and i, I just love kip winger i just i think yeah. he's i love his voice um the guy can play bass he plays the the guitar he's classically trained he actually like wrote like a classical album that i've never heard um hmm. and yeah he does like a bunch of like broadway stuff too it's like I, just think, I was gonna say wasn't he a dancer as well yeah yeah he's uh yeah he was yeah. a dancer too um i i, I went through I went through the first two albums, listen, uh, and you know, re- um, recently, and I really, I have to say, like, like you just said, um, Steve, I this was not a band that was really fully on my radar when I was younger, but I definitely remembered Miles Away, and I yeah, listening yeah. listening to it again, I was like, oh damn, this is a 
really solid song. And then yeah. just going through those first two albums, their cover of Purple Haze was really good. I mean, that's on um, that's off of their uh, off of their it's, debut album. Yeah, and um, I thought that was really tight. Um, I really liked that um, that one as well. That was you know, and forgive me, I don't remember it perfectly, but um, that was the whole. They got into the whole kind of beef with metallica a little bit yes yeah yes, it did, was yeah. kind of like some back and forth between those two bands which yeah. i don't know i mean i don't know i thought um again i i i think that winger is a band even just listening to the album it just all of the musicians are, are sound fucking tight on that band. Oh, yeah. i know um rod morgenstein the drummer you know he ended up being a professor at berkeley i mean like he was um he was such a good drummer. I still mm. is a good drummer and, um, you know, really, really talented. And, um, there were a couple tunes on there where he was just like, kind of, you know, letting loose a little bit toward the end. And I was like, Dan, he, he is fucking good. Like, uh, yeah, the stuff he's pulling off is amazing. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I, uh, I definitely want to listen to, uh, to these guys in the first few albums. And I yeah. want to, I'd actually, I'm, I'm interested in listening to the, uh, the mid nineties, warrant stuff that you mentioned too where they're trying yeah. to be awesome chains i, I want to hear it like whatever okay yeah, it's, absolutely it's, yeah it's you know again it's it's interesting stuff and it's just basically um you know it, it's and I, I mean again now we just have you know with it with music just being so generally accessible now it's so cool yeah. to kind of just be able to go back and just be able to listen to the the catalog you know these guys like catalogs music and everything like that and be able to really pick you exactly. know pick some things out and stuff that you might not have um that you might not have heard back in the day you might not have uh, had the chance to get around to well yeah it's, it's what and it's what around. you said too like you know I mean, it was it was a matter of okay, we're gonna have to spend ten or fifteen dollars on this on this album, or we won't know what it sounds like unless we have a friend who has it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now you can you can like you said, everything's so easily accessible, you know, and just yeah. hop on Spotify or, or you know Google or Play even or YouTube, Amazon I mean, Music, right? And that was that is such a fun exercise of just like going on YouTube and looking up a band and like playing the music video and then looking at the right hand panel to see like what's next or what the suggested ones off of that are and then just going down a rabbit hole is just oh so yeah fun. I love doing that on Spotify too yeah <laughs> yeah that's, same that's, thing that's great yeah yeah it's it's uh it, you know it's really cool to you know you kind of get exposed to a little bit more music that way and and everything yeah. and I mean I again not to go off on a tangent but it's just it's too bad that you know we you know again as you alluded to before we all grew up at the same time and we were in that in in the 90s as we were really like getting into music music became like to procure music it was the most expensive it ever was i think during our youth you know what i mean like it was it yeah. costed a lot of money to buy a cd and then, yeah, I mean, and they went from ten bucks right. around ten, twelve to twenty, right? Within yeah. a very short amount of time. Yeah, and yeah. it w it wasn't really until later on that you know you had like Newberry Comics that was you know either they were selling just CDs at a lower rate or you could get used CDs there, which I used to just go and buy like four or five used CDs at a time just because they were cheaper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Pull them out and grab and you know and, and listen to them. But that was 
later on. I mean, that was to me, it was like at the, toward the tail end of college. So, you know, in the two thousands and in the early to late nineties, early two thousands. So, I mean, it just, it sucked like, you know, you know, basically, you know, you grinding away at your paper route or your first right. shit job that you had and you felt like whatever your take home was, was going to like one CD, you, yeah. you know, and again, you couldn't, you really couldn't, you know, take a long shot. You had to go with a band that you knew and, and a band that you really wanted to delve into more and, and kind of, you know, go that way with it. And so I think that that's one of the, another reason why a lot of this like good music in the nineties that was still being put out by these bands. It just kind of got left on the table, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember uh, for a short time, um, strawberries had this machine where you could actually preview a bunch of CDs. Oh yeah, um, that's right. I remember. Yeah. I remember that. Like, like, yeah. like a little kiosk type, type yes. thing. Yeah. Yep. And that was like, I think you could uh, pick a CD and like scan it and it would let you listen to like, I don't know, some oh, of totally one of the songs or remember that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And yeah. that was like the best thing ever at the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. There was, I, I, so I had been eyeing, I would eye certain bands and I knew nothing about them, but they looked kind of metal. And, you know, I'd been burned by like Molly Hatchet. So I knew that <laughs> just because they look like they're metal doesn't mean they always are. So right. I'm like, oh, this is band Triumph. And I've been eyeing, eyeing this band Triumph forever. And, um, and, and finally, I got to hear them on that machine, and I decided I was all set. Like, maybe I would have gotten into Triumph if I had bought a CD and listened to it a bunch of times. I don't know. But at the time, like, it's like, well, is it worth spending $15 on this? No. Nope. Nah. So I never, yeah. I never got into Triumph. <laughs> but right. right. I remember buying a Sabotage album after hearing it, but, like, not yep. Triumph. Um, right. I mean, that, so- that's how I bought my uh, Judas Priest Jugulator album. From hearing oh, one, one of those God. songs on there, like, <laughs> oh, this is pretty fucking heavy for Priest. I'll buy it. <laughs> and like, yeah, and I loved it. I loved the album. I think it's fantastic. But uh, unfortunately, like a lot of Priest fans just despise it. The fiery passion. I like the I like the song Jugulator. I will I will give it that. Oh that, yeah, that's, a, cool that's a very good opener. There's yeah. there's I remember liking a couple songs from from that album. Yeah. Uh, now I can't remember. I know there was. I one remember Bullet one Bullet really Train. Liked. Bullet Train was yeah. really good, and uh, Cathedral Spires, which I oh, that really one enjoyed. I don't remember. That's very good. But um, but it, it, we we have been uh, rambling and blibbity blabbing for a couple hours now, so I think we should probably uh, call reel it, it night. in. Um, yeah. Do you, do you have you guys have anything else for uh, for hair metal or for he said she said? I know I um, you know I got one more album I want to mention just real quick. I think it's it hasn't been mentioned tonight. I just want to say it I know it was in the 90s. Okay, not the 80s, but I think it's one of the greatest hair metal band. Like you know, it's it doesn't sound hair metal at all. One of the greatest like 80s heavy metal records of all time even though it happened in the 90s and that's Slave to the Grind by Skid Row. I fucking Yes. That <laughs> is a perfect fucking record and I don't give a shit. You can fight me on it. That is a perfect fucking record. I love Slave to the Grind. Yes. It's excellent, for sure. Yeah, the, it, their, their first two albums are like top notch. Like I love sure. the first one, but that second one is just like it's even better. Yeah, you know, you know, it, it's, you know the, yeah, that's the, like, the, oh. the funny thing about Skid Row is like they did the, the complete opposite of what most bands did back then. Oh yeah, they got heavier. Like they got heavier. 
right on on their on their second album and that was a good move because that album went number one yeah and i think that that was something that again you know as the 80s got into the 90s that was a, a surefire way to stay relevant was to you know was to get a little bit heavier on that second yeah. album like yeah. you know it was because those were the the bands that endured were the were the you know again the bands that could adapt or the or the bands that kind of were more classified in that kind of i guess more of that just gen- general heavy metal genre you know like if you could kind of if you could kind of get in there then you were going to you had a much more prolonged shelf life i feel like than a band like yeah than a band like poison that never really could breach that you know breach that heavy metal area you know what i mean like they just weren't you know they just weren't heavy enough 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah yeah yeah, yeah i it, yeah. This, poison really is not a band that i i have super high opinions of there's a couple songs i like uh right. fallen angel is probably my favorite but um, yeah yeah same here they're just yeah they they were they were very very cheesy and in it for right. obvious reasons yeah. one of the I guess the, and I guess this would be my, you know, again, coming back to my, you know, what I was saying originally, but I guess kind of a closing thought was, again, I think that that's, you know, you know, Poison is definitely a band that I admittedly You're look right. They're literally. definitely a band. <laughs> Thank you. All right, that's <laughs> it. Say that. And done. Um, that was it. Poison, Poison is a band. Definitely a band. No, that was really the last thing I needed to say. Come see He Said, She Said, Goodbye. No. Um, um, <laughs> They were a band. They're a band that I looked at with rose color. You know that I look at with rose colored glasses. You sure. know what I mean? Like that band. I I can remember seeing. You know, I, I know I mentioned seeing them live, and I actually saw them live twice. And I can just remember like watching their. You know, watching them on stage, and I, I, I remember watching. Not to you know pick on it, but watching Ricky Rocket, the drummer, and he was more concerned about twirling his sticks than actually playing. Playing. In <laughs> And, you know, there are drummers who can do that. And it was just weird that he was not one of them. Like, he was actually, like, missing beats and things like that and missing hits. And I was just kind of like, good God, like, you know, just play the tunes. Play the goddamn drums. Yeah, that's, yeah. I I hate, that's one of the things I hate about Yngwie Malmsteen is, like, he's too goddamn flashy. Yeah. It's like, just play your fucking, your music. Right. I mean, he has has been throwing the air. Yeah, yeah, even even Cinderella when when I saw them as as great as a set as as they were, they kept doing the thing where they were flinging their guitar around and yes, like you know around. Movie. And I was just like, you know, clearly you guys have enough money where if one of those flies into the crowd, you don't give a shit. Like, I mean, it's it's like the old adage, like you know, uh, not it's not that old. Uh, anybody. No one who has ever paid for a mic will ever drop a mic. <laughs> and it's the same right. thing. It's like, why would you, you know, you got to put like some serious like locks on your guitar strap if you're going to do that kind of shit. And again, um, I mean, unless you're with, Pete Townsend who says just fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good point. It. But with, po- I mean, you know, again, Poison was not a, they, I appreciate them kind of opening the door and opening my eyes to this world of like, of, of true like rock and metal and, and whatnot. Um, and, you know, I, I can't say that I didn't enjoy their songs because I did, yeah. but looking back on them as a band, they were, it's exactly what you said, Steve, they were in it, you know, they were there because they wanted to be rock stars. They admitted that. Like, look, at if you, 
watch the behind the music. That's one of the last things Bobby Dahl, the bass player, says. He's like, I never wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be a rock star. Right. I was kind of like, oh, well, okay. That is really, the, the, that's, <laughs> yeah. that literally, that says it all. That says it yeah. all. Yeah. And, yeah. Yep. Definitely. So Absol- I mean, absolutely. And I, I, I feel that way about certain other bands too, for sure. And uh, people are just kind of like jumping on the bandwagon with, uh, with the type of music that's coming out. But I mean, that just happens. That's a sick yeah. thing. So, I mean, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, I right. mean, you know, as it's not like I'm the biggest Alice in Chains fan, but they are a very standout, very unique band. And I don't think too many bands, uh, are as unique sounding as Alice in Chains is in their genre. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, a lot of bands that came out uh, in the 90s that we, at the time, called, like, just alternative mm-hmm. rock or whatever. It's like, or even grunge or whatever. It's like plenty of them, plenty of them, you could tell, we're just, we're just doing it. They're just going yeah. through the motions. Not, not too many Pearl Jams or, you know, Alice in Chains or, you know, even Nirvana, you know whatever i mean but right. it is cyclical yeah. it keeps you know comes around every time yeah. whatever whatever is popular now i don't know you know why because i'm an old man <laughs> i don't even know i don't have to learn new shit to play like you so <laughs> hey speaking of uh, <laughs> uh speaking speaking of playing in that band uh yeah um just uh if i may uh yes please do you, he said, she said, does have a uh, show coming up this week. We are playing down a tavern on the hill in West Greenwich, Rhode Island. It's an outdoor venue. Um, uh, so there's plenty of social distancing and whatnot following regulations and uh, all that jazz. But um, this is one that, you know, is a venue for cool. us that has been very good to us um, for a long time. Uh, they've really been, um, they've really been just a great place to play and we're really looking forward to getting back there. And uh, the other thing I just wanted to mention was I did look this up and now of course I lost it and probably should have written it down, but um, we uh, are officially going to find out about the results of the 2020 uh, reader's choice um, for the Projo on August 27th. So um, finding out about that and, um, uh, and yeah, yeah, oh, cool. Well, th- maybe we could make it a double celebration. Yeah. Um, awesome. <laughs> but cool so this weekend's show is going to have already aired by the time this particular episode comes out. Ah, okay. Well, uh, but that doesn't that. mean that one of us <laughs> might not might not be there because I'm I'm straight up interested. That sounds but, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, we uh, we unfortunately don't have anything beyond that, <laughs> um, or we well, have a lot of uh, we have a lot of question marks um, beyond. Yeah, that I bet. So yeah. yeah, a lot of these places are just trying to figure it out. So, um, but that's the gig that we definitely have on the schedule. But um, sorry, I guess I. I I I will plug a gig in the past. Then yeah. <laughs> um, it was so probably it, awesome. I mean, I, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was really good. I mean, I'm sure. Like you got so, the you got the Delorean laying around. J- jump in for a couple days ago and go check us out. <laughs> you guys are on. You guys are on Facebook. Um, I yes. assume like Instagram, Twitter, yep. any of that. We are stuff. on um, Facebook and Instagram. We don't have too too much of a presence on Twitter, but Facebook and Instagram des- definitely. You can always catch us at he said she said ri as well. That is our Perfect. website. 
which has been very, very well uh, done by our rhythm guitar player, Mikey, um, who really keeps that site fresh and um, keeping us looking all uh, good and whatnot. So, and yeah, uh, Facebook is always a great place to um, to catch us as well. Just look awesome. for the neon blue and uh, pink logo and um yeah and just really really quick i just wanted to once again thank you guys so so much for um having me on uh this week and to do this uh this was really really a lot of fun really oh, nice talking I'm to both glad of you had a good time um and uh even I, though we locked you in the brig yes uh yes oh yes the brig is terrible but oh shit talking thought, to you guys has been amazing um, yeah I, I, I forgot to feed them crap yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah, nobody starves in two hours it's fine you know, yeah, yeah, that, that's true Gonna start rattling the tin cup across the bars here in a minute. Yeah, but uh, you guys are fantastic. Your show has really provided me with hours of entertainment, and uh, you know, I hope um, I hope that more people will check you guys out as you awesome. go because you guys got a great thing going here. So awesome. thank you again for letting so me much. be a very small part of it here uh, this week. So appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, dude. We're uh, I'm super psyched. This, this got to finally happen because you asked us about this before the plague. Yes, I did. And you yeah. reminded me about it just like last week or whatever. It's like, Oh my God, what the hell? Let's, let's, let's get, let's, let's just get do on. it now. We like to have guests on that. We, we know, and there are people we, we, you know, already are friends with and have something to promote and our creators in some way, or, you know, uh, it's it's just a bummer that we're in this particular time period now because I know you would have a bunch of shows that you could be rattling off that people could potentially uh, you know actually attend. It's such a bummer. Yeah, right. it's yeah. This is just you know it's a it's a tough time for. Um, it is a tough time for bands. And I guess if that's one thing that I could not just for, not definitely just for my band, but um, if there are, you know, shows out there, if there are bands out there, you know, doing live streams or if they're yeah. doing, you know, smaller shows or outdoor venue shows that are allowing, you know, people to go see and, um, you know, social distance and whatnot, go check them out. Go yeah. support the band. Check them out the, responsibly. Support, yeah. su- but check them out. Support the bands and definitely support the venues too. I mean, the venues really yeah. are hurting during this time and they are just trying to, they're, you know, the places that we play, the margins are so narrow for them right now trying to, you know, make a profit with minimized, um, with minimal um, capacity and things like that. And I mean, it's great. It's so great that up here we're doing it right and we're doing it the right way. And that's why our cases are going down, but it's really taking a toll on these places. So any support that they can get would be really, really good. So, right. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. Indeed. Indeed. So Joe, if uh, if you want to take us out, I think, I think that does it. Yeah. That pretty much, uh, concludes this podcast so uh thank you again adam for uh joining us tonight um My it's pleasure, been guys. a lot of fun and uh hope to hear from you guys so if you guys want to like you know mention like some of your favorite 80s metal bands please shoot us an email or or go to our facebook and be like yo yeah. this is the band i like and whatnot and uh, and Adam, anytime you want to uh, promote a show or anything like that, you, you know, you're uh, you're Retroid royalty at this point, man. You've been with us since the beginning. You can always share. We always yeah, we always, always yeah, promote your stuff. Encourage people to promote and share anything on our page, absolutely. And uh, that goes for you, absolutely too. Oh, we definitely appreciate that, and I'll be sure to take you know just 
just ridiculous amounts of pictures of me wearing my retro red octopus shirt at gigs and post them on our page and yours just for nice. you know just across just across the mode officially oh well, that's all <laughs> there you go nice thanks a lot man very awesome thanks again and uh we'll see you guys next time <laughs> <laughs>